This summer, Burt Reynolds, Roger Moore, Farrah Fawcett, Dom DeLuise, Dean Martin, Sammy Davis Jr., Jack Elam, Adrian Barbeau, holy crap, how many people are in this movie? Terry Bradshaw, Jackie Chan, Jamie Farr, Peter Fonda, Michael Hui. Oh my gosh, there's so many people in this freaking movie. That's right, for the very first time ever, I watched The Cannonball Run. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Clear Tented Classics, the show where I, your host, Jake Ryan Baker, watch classic movies for the very first time. And today is a very special episode because I actually have a guest again. It's been a, it's been a bit of a spell where I'm talking alone, but I finally got someone. We're in the studio. It's good time. I haven't seen her in so long, so it's nice to see her again. Paisley Blackburn is on the show. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Jake. I'm excited to be here. Yes, I'm excited to have you. It's it's been it's been a while. <laughs> it's uh, been a few years, yeah, about six or seven now. <laughs> yeah, since we've seen uh, in person. I mean, of course, I see you out there mm-hmm. on Facebook doing doing it up. You're in so many things, and I'm always excited to see you. But I so, should be on Facebook a lot more. But most no, of the time. no, social media is. Uh, is terrible it's the bane of our existence <laughs> <laughs> but it's so great to have you on the show i met you forever and ever ago as an act you acted in a film that we did yes and it was a pleasure to work with you i love that bit of the film um but what's uh before we get into your journey with your own personal taste in movies i guess while we're on the topic uh i'd love for people to hear about uh how you got into all that acting like what what got you started and and how's it been going I have a great answer for you. Sure. <laughs> okay, so I knew from the time I was a child that I wanted to act. I was always hamming it up and singing off the radio and learning dancing and stuff. Um, I just didn't have any confidence. So after high school, I went to college, and I originally was a forensic science major till I mouthed off to a cop and got arrested. So okay. then I, I called the FBI up. I was, like, panicking because <laughs> I had a straight-A average. And I said, I don't know what to do because I suspect that might not help my case getting in with you guys. <laughs> he laughed and he said, um, well, you know, we don't always just write people off, you know, but if I was you, I would just change your major to chemistry. So I did that. I did. Well. And what college did you go to? This was University of Central Florida. That's where I'm from. Oh, wow. Yep. From Orlando, Florida. And um, so I changed the chemistry and I did really well. But oh, my gosh, it was just intense. And. I liked it, but I didn't like it enough to do it forever. And I finally just took that plunge. I said, you know what? I'm I'm just going to drop out and try my hand at acting. And it's kind of, that's what I've been doing ever since. Wow. Kind of regret not just switching the major to like film or theater. <laughs> sure, but... <laughs> sure. Yeah. And, but, I mean, but did you even feel like at the time, was that even a possibility you entertained or you just kind of retroactively like, ah, oh, maybe I should have done that. Because I mean, it's at a, the time it's, it's like, retroactive. Well, yeah. yeah it's, it's, you don't know, like you're locked into this chemistry science stuff it, it's like that's a real hard left turn oh you know? yeah <laughs> although are you saying that you did fully when you decide to drop out you dropped out to become an actor is that like what your goal was that was what i did and like i said in hindsight i just wish i'd switch the major to a theater and film yeah um but since i can't do that I just have to understand that that's the choice I made. And boy, is it hard because, <laughs> you know, you just wish you could the, the, the when you're here hindsight, it's always so much clearer. It's like, man, I can't, what was I thinking? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I get you. I mean, I had a very late start into my film career too. So 
Like I took screenwriting in college, and that's the first time I even considered that you wrote movies. Oh, right. And so you know, when I meet people that knew from when they were a kid they wanted to be an actor or people that were making movies in their backyard at 12, I'm always so jealous because I feel like I got started 10 years too late. But I mean, you get started when you get started. Yeah. It, it is what Everyone it is. has a path. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And as long as you end up where you want to go, I guess that's good. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? I mean, there's no point in spending time like lamenting, you know, because there's nothing you can do about it. No, that's uh, right. And that's one of the biggest things I've been trying to That's part of what learn. makes you who you are, mm -hmm. too. Like, uh, you know, sometimes I think about bad stuff. And I go, yeah, but if that hadn't happened, that wouldn't be me. Exactly. And <laughs> if this hadn't happened, then that might not have happened. So what I'm trying to do now that I'm older is just say, you know what? It is what it is. I can't change it. And um, I'm working on not having that regret. Because honestly, acting is what I want to do forever. And I do think the Midwest is becoming a force to be reckoned with. Sure. But speaking Absolutely. of, uh, if you were in Florida, what 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 brought you to the Midwest? in the first place <laughs> i'm so embarrassed okay so it was a guy <laughs> okay we don't have to get into it if you don't want to that, it does um, attracts though that makes sense like only only something sad would bring it in <laughs> i'm just always shocked when i hear people are from somewhere else and then they come here and then they're in indiana and i'm just like but why i know the, i think the only reason i'm in indiana is because i was born here and i live here i don't think i would have ever come here yeah, by choice. I, I can't imagine someone being in a sunny state saying you know what let's just pack up with the kids the dogs the cats everything and just go to indiana i don't foresee uh, that so were you you stayed in florida till you were college age then like yeah i've never i've I'm actually pretty infamously not well-traveled either. Mm -hmm. uh, only until recently, I took a big road trip mm -hmm. and technically marked a bunch of states off my list. But those were all Western because I went out to LA and came back. So I don't know anything about the East Coast or the Southeast or anything like that. Well, like, I've lived in, uh, first it was Florida, then South Carolina, then North Carolina, then back to South Carolina, then... I think I played around Florida and Washington State and finally wound up in Indiana. I mean, do you like those states or? I mean, South Carolina is a beautiful state. The Carolinas, sure. they are. So, and the funny thing is they do get the four seasons, but they only will have, if they have snow, it will be literally one day and then everything <laughs> shuts down. They all panic. Government shuts down. Everybody shuts down. They don't know what to do with themselves. Makes sense. <laughs> and then up here, we're like, yeah, get out of town. We know what we're doing. <laughs> Two feet, yeah, he's still coming to work. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> um, so you say you wanted to act from a young age. Are you were you a big fan of movies, and that's why, or was it, were you initially more theater oriented, or what? What? Why? Why was that so at the forefront of your mind, even from a young age? It was movies. It yeah. was just I would watch movies. I would act out the scenes and everything. Okay. I'm, I'm not by no means. I don't want anyone thinking I'm disrespecting theater. Um, I actually love no, theater. Of course. Uh, the only reason I don't do more of it is just it's I just a find time that those are commitment. like the two paths. Mm -hmm. It's like you you are more interested in maybe being mm -hmm. stage or a screen, and and they're and they're different animals. They're very and different. Plenty of people can transition transition clean between both of them. Yes, uh, I've seen that. I have. I seen mean, that. I worked almost. Every actor I work with is typically theater trained, actually. Mm -hmm. um, but I just was curious, like from a young age. So, like, you were a big like movie person, even from a young age. Like, what's the kind of stuff you were watching? 
Oh, gosh. We used to watch the funny ones like Weird Science, okay. uh, Breakfast Club. I, I really didn't watch a lot of horror movies. I was kind of a pansy back, <laughs> back when I was a kid. Oh, I was too. Yeah. Big time. I, it, it, uh, coming around to horror movies has been very recent for me. Mm-hmm. So I was, I was too afraid to watch that stuff for like probably well into my 20s. Yeah, and when I when I live alone, no, I won't I won't watch anything because <laughs> I will creep myself out. It's different, like being in a horror movie or like making one though, because you're just you're there, so it's obviously not creeping you out or anything. But yeah, no. It, and you would think that making films would, since you know what goes into it, it wouldn't be as effective. But I still do find myself affected by that stuff. Jump sometimes. scares get me. Yeah, jump scares <laughs> definitely get me, and just I always uh, get kind of irritated in a cool way that they did that and i fell for it again (laughs) (laughs) um so uh yeah weird science that's a good one yeah Uh, unfortunately i'll have to figure i'd love to do that for the show but it it, it technically is a movie i've seen so uh, it doesn't qualify for my typical premise but i I do love that movie yeah breakfast club is fun that's interesting because it is funny but i almost don't think of that as like a comedy but but you're right. It's not for the, it was it was. I well, think the parts that stick out to me the most are the dramatic parts too. Yeah, and I, I, the only thing I didn't really like. I mean, we've had time to reflect on the movies from the '80s. Some have aged okay, some have not. Um, and that one, the the negativity of the main character, I think, wouldn't really fly so much today. I think people would like a little more. You know, maybe trust me. I I know how what I'm trying to say, and this is so hard to explain. It's a type of comedy where they're self aware. Yeah. And, but they seem okay with it. You know, that's the kind of comedy, but that's just me throwing an idea out there. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's a great movie. I mean, there's a reason that everyone and their mother has ripped it off to like a million times over. It's, it's iconic for a reason. Uh, I think the geek, the, the geeky one, Farmer Ted, he was my favorite. <laughs> I thought he was actually... He was one of my favorite actors back then. Oh yeah, he's yeah. great. Yeah, uh, Anthony I, I, Michael Hall. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I would love, absolutely love to work with him. Um, I, I just, I grew up watching his movies and stuff, and I, but he did kind of switch, you know, he went from the comedies and playing the geek, because in Edward Scissorhands, he was like the real hunky football player boyfriend. Really? Yeah, he was. That was Winona Ryder's boyfriend in the movie. <laughs> he was like a real douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> it was nice to see people, like, switch it up. Yep. <laughs> um, so, what, uh, getting into acting... Uh, how how was that journey for you? Are you was it kind of a tough road? Or? Yeah, it was real tough because <laughs> I didn't have any support network, and I was in Florida. I didn't know what I was doing, so I started to ask around. I think I went and got some headshots and signed up for some classes, and um, I did sign with an agent, but it didn't work out. And then I've never really had an agent since, um, and that's what I was think would help me a lot better. But I do training and I do put out auditions and stuff. And uh, I'm also creating some of my own content. That's really yeah. cool. Yeah. I always encourage people <laughs> to do that. I think so. I think because everybody's got some value to add, you know, and sometimes it's nice to see what, what they're doing, what they're thinking, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. I was a guest on a podcast for once uh, instead of doing <laughs> my own stuff. And it, the whole premise of the show, it's called Cinematic Heartland. It's not out yet, I don't think. Uh, but, about the midwest yeah it's about like filmmaking in the midwest and you know one of the questions they asked was like you know what would you your advice to be to be 
uh, I can talk. I have a podcast uh, <laughs> myself. Uh, what's funny on that podcast, I tried to do the opening that I do the show and I bungled it completely, which is just like, I'm so robotic when I'm actually doing my own show that like trying to actually do it off the cuff. I wasn't really the part where I'm like, what is up everybody? Welcome to Clear 10 the Classics, the show where I, your host, Jake Ryan Baker. Like I just blew it completely. I was so embarrassed. Um, but it happens though. <laughs> his, it does. His, one of his questions was like, what's your advice for people just getting started and stuff like that and i was just like just like do it do it yeah like, literally just do it like it, a craze do it to it and, and you know every, <laughs> everyone has that same piece of advice but there's a reason why they all have that same piece of advice is because it's easier than ever to make your own stuff you can literally do it with a phone if you want to yep like i, I know it's not as fun like you want to have the cool cameras and all the yada yada you have yada. to work with what you have yeah but there's you there's no experience like doing it like so you have to go do it and then you have to make stuff and you have to make contacts and you have to meet people and get out there and a lot working and a lot of times networking doesn't come until you have something to show and yep. and so that's that's you, definitely true you just have to do it you have to do it and and it'll suck at first and you'll suck <laughs> at first some people are, are they are amazing right off the bat uh, well the important thing is not to get discouraged because i've been discouraged sure, i've come close sure. to qu uh, quitting a few times because i'm like man but you know what i after self-reflection I realized that I've been holding myself back, I think, more out of fear than anything. And I'm trying to work on that. But that's, uh, it's definitely, you got to have the confidence and just keep at it. Yeah, it, it's really tough too, because it's like, I've found that I can t tell myself all these little tricks and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, none of this matters. It doesn't matter what happens. Like, you just need to go for it and blah, blah, blah. But you're still always going to have these mental hangups. Like, oh, what yeah. if it's not good enough? <laughs> what, if, what if people think I suck? What if blah, 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 blah. And it's tough. And I don't think there's any magic way of getting around that necessarily. But, you know, like, I know, I know a lot of actors that are hungry for work. And I'm like, everyone has stories they want to tell. They have little mm -hmm. voices yep. uh, that they should get out in the world. And you, you can create you know, I, I think it was really eye-opening to me. I watched uh, South by Southwest was uh, all online, like the first year of COVID. What was it? Um, the the festival. They like pretty much put all their films online on Amazon. Oh, okay. Uh, because they couldn't have an actual festival, the South by Southwest festival. And I decided to watch all of the narrative shorts that, mm -hmm. that got in because I was like, well, let's see what quality of short film because i make a lot of short films mm -hmm. like let's see what the short films that are getting into one of the most prestigious festivals in the country are like and i noticed like almost half of them were the lead had written or also directed the story and so i was like multiple I was like, hats yeah yeah well it's just like i they clearly weren't getting cast in the kind of roles that they wanted to get cast in so they, so they took were, it upon themselves yeah, like, okay so cool. i got a story like the, one of the best ones was <clears throat> about this uh quick question are, are we allowed to cuss of yeah nature calls? fuck shit <laughs> uh i usually throw a cunt in there just to really be like oh boy <laughs> yeah this is edgy. my kind of show now <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, we're rated for australia cunts down under uh <laughs> but Trip no yeah uh, cuss all you want this is an explicit is explicit radio <laughs> Sirius FM, I guess. I don't know. Uh, that's an old reference. <laughs> um, but uh, one of the best ones was like uh, this lady. She's kind of casually seeing a guy, but she gets pregnant. And they decide to try to, you know, have a relationship and make it work. And it was really like it was funny, but it was dramatic. It takes a really hard left turn. And she was great in it. And I can tell like, you know, that she probably wasn't getting those kinds of roles. Mm. 
Um, and but well, typecasting is unfortunately part yeah, of the business. That I get sucks. it. <laughs> I gotta say, like, I did a short film recently. I did auditions for the first time in years, like literally years. I, I hadn't done auditions since we did that feature film. Uh, <laughs> like, I just cast people I know, but I wanted to try to see what was out there and different. And I was like, damn, it's so hard because I had so many talented people submit that I, and I only had two roles. And, but yeah, then it's it also happens. like, I'm, I'm having to make like snap judgments on people where it's like, eh, she has this kind of look. I'm not sure, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, fuck, man. Being <laughs> an actor, it's, there's a lot of tough aspects to it. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of stuff you have to combat. And I, as someone that thinks of themselves as like a very considerate, caring person, I found myself kind of being a little cold at times where I'm like, mm, I don't know. I think that I have, have to treat to it like them. a business. Yeah, yeah. I have to rule this out for this. And it's like, this isn't going to work because of, and then sometimes it's just logistical stuff where one of them was like from Dallas. I was like, uh, no, I'm not going to fly in from <laughs> Dallas. Like, I'm sorry. You were really good, but uh, no. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and just, yeah. Those like, plane little... tickets, they get, they get expensive. <laughs> yeah. uh, and so it's tough, but, I just, yeah, I don't know. And as someone that uh, hates my own voice and hates my own face, I can't imagine trying to be in stuff. Uh, I I find like it very, it's very brave, I think, on a certain level for actors to be. I really think they put themselves out there in a way that people don't really appreciate. Uh, It it can be scary. I think that, yeah, yeah, it's a little scary. When you're also like, you just, you just have to get to the point where you have no fucks to give. I'm almost there, I swear. <laughs> well, you're, you're also taking such a leap of faith, too, because yeah. I've seen so many, I've seen a million examples of an actor being really good in one thing. And, and then tanking and, something else. And then like else. being really yeah. bad in something else. And I'm like, well, clearly they have talent because mm-hmm. they're good in the one thing. So why are they bad in the other thing? And usually it's the material that they're given to work. Sometimes with. it's hard. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes I, I, it's really hard. Being in the indie scene and reading other people's scripts and seeing other people's movies and no shade to anyone. Again, literally just talked about doing it. Just do yeah, the thing. It, get, get, but what, what I think what Jake's trying to say <laughs> is that you're go- we all screw up. We all fuck up. We're, you're just going to have to make the mistakes and learn from it. And yeah. it will make you stronger. You will get that thick skin. It's not impossible. It, I just, hard. I've always been really impressed with a lot of actors I've noticed. Or like a great example is uh, we were screening films for the local festival here. Mm-hmm. And there was a couple films that were clearly from non-native uh, English speaking people. And the actors were delivering these lines that were very <laughs> awkward. And they were trying their damnness to make it work. I know, that's, and, that's heartbreaking. And I'm, just, I'm just like, it sounds so awkward because it's just written so badly. And it's not... It, and it's not the filmmaker's fault. They don't know the language that well. Yeah. But it is like. But see, I, that's easy to. You kind of. <laughs> we know it's bad, but you were cutting them the slack that they deserve because doing it in a whole nother language, it's hard. It's just like, I can't imagine being in those actors. And I've heard stories from like, uh, you like look up behind the scenes stuff of like, say, Birdemic, I think is a great example of a film where a non-native English speaker made a movie and it's like infamously a a fun, bad movie. Is it, (laughs) is it one of those so bad it's good? Yeah. Okay. I love those. Yeah. Birdemic, the room, that kind of genre (laughs) of, uh, (laughs) I was the first time I saw the disaster artist, (laughs) Brian had already seen it. And immediately, right off the bat, because, you know, I laugh at my own shadow, I'm like cracking up. And he said, it's even funnier because they actually lived it. And then they showed the side by side of the movie. And the real thing, and it was like it was the, almost uh, dead on. The uh, book 
that that movie is based on the disaster artist book I've actually listened to on tape and Greg Stero reads it, the guy who plays Mark in the movie. And it's such a good book. I cannot recommend that book enough to people. And he does a dead on Tommy Wiseau impression. Really? Of course, no one's spent more time with Tommy Wiseau than that guy. Mm -hmm. And so he just, he's got it down. He's just like, He's like, no, no one needs to know, whatever. Uh, but yeah, I'd guy. have to work. I'd have to listen to it a little bit more to get that voice. But yeah, he, they, James Franco and his brother, they killed it. There's just something it was very well done. There's something about being in the, like, I just am always really impressed when it's like, you know, that line makes no sense, but you're somehow still that, having to deliver it with this conviction. Is uh, it the line where in the movie where he's saying he keeps forgetting the line and they keep having, and finally they start saying the line for him? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, i would have given anything to have been on that set <laughs> <laughs> yeah and they also like infamously he couldn't decide whether he wanted to like shoot it on film or digital so they had this contraption where they just had two cameras <laughs> side by side running at once so the framing of every shot is just a little weird because they had to frame it so that it worked for both cameras it's just it's just an insane production experience <laughs> and and you get into those situations all the time uh where someone with some money or with a little bit of power is like, I want to make a movie. And now you're suddenly like, <laughs> like you have Tommy Wiseau on top of you, like pretending to do your belly button. And you're just like, how did I get here? <laughs> uh, yeah, he, he, was, he was a little, little different. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. The bird demic is, is a pretty fun, bad movie. If, if people want to check it out. It's, oh, it's a, about killer birds. Yeah. It's just mm. like birds start attacking people, but <laughs> It's just, it's hard to explain if you haven't seen it, but I've seen a lot of clips of it. It's it's, it's a pretty infamous one. It'd probably be funnier for me because I actually have a pet bird. His name is uh, Rocky Balboa. Nice. Yeah. That's a great bird name. Yeah. Well, he's a little fighter. He's only yay big, real small. But She's uh, holding her fingers a little distance apart. For yeah, a couple inches. But he, he'll fly to me like we don't keep him in a cage. I just, all the poop, the places that he poops the most, I just cover with drapes and stuff. <laughs> And I am going to have to paint those doors because they are white and there is nothing but blue from the blueberries. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> uh, Ain't none of these people know me. I can say that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure they've seen you in, in movies and stuff. Oh, uh, boy. But yeah. uh, no, that's great. I mean, as you, is you, uh, <laughs> are you, uh, I mean, how has it been lately, though? Have you been, it seems like you've been in a lot of really fun projects. Yeah, I have been. I was in Holy Shit Man. That was a comedy <laughs> horror about a demon plumber going around, you know, killing people with like plungers and stuff. Sure. I actually haven't seen it yet. <laughs> <laughs> I have one that's in post right now. That's The Rose Wagon. Uh, it was a very, very well shot movie. I don't know if anyone knows who Christian Griffith is, but if you need a DP, I'm putting that plug in right now. Okay, he's good. <laughs> um, what else did I do? I did The Embalmers. That was about the same time I did Holy Shit Man. I did, okay, let me see if I can remember this title. Dr. Spiderwax, Mind-Boggling Compendium of Fantastic Urban Beast. That's right. I just made Tim Richardson proud. <laughs> and that's like a parody of Lord of the Rings and Fantastic Beasts and stuff. It's just that uh, I played Luma Lumpgood. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. <laughs> and then I just I just wrapped uh, Tin Roof. It's a horror. It's written by Rob Mello. Um, he was in Happy Death Day as uh, the babyface killer. John, okay. John Toombs. And um, it's actually really good. And then his uh, wife, Rebecca Reinhardt, she directed it. And it was just, I, I had a great time. Um, That's just, awesome. Yeah, they, they brought in Joe Castro. He was um special effects artist out in uh, Los Angeles. Just the, the sweetest guy. 
Wow. He was a sweetheart and his effects were really good. It was just a very good experience. That's, yeah, that's super cool. I, I knew, I think I saw it because I, you and Darren, I think were both in the movie. Darren, yeah, and he was so in it. It was like a lot of tin roof stuff was popping up in my feed because mm-hmm. I had friended Darren because he was on a movie that I was on back in March. And what was it, it called? Uh, the, the Undesirables um, should be out sometime next year. What was that about? Um, it's like a it's like a crime drama type of thing where it's very uh, reminiscent of Reservoir Dogs in a certain way where it's very like a heist gone wrong and the fallout from it type of thing. Was it like a western? Because uh, I, I it did look like y'all were in period. Piece there was costumes. like a there's like a slight Victorian era dress mm-hmm. that people were doing. It the world is interesting. Like probably one of the most interesting things about the movie is like the world building because mm-hmm. it takes place in this like sort of like slight dystopia where there's it's it's only like ever hinted at it's like not part of the actual story but there's this thing called the chemical war and there's this huge fallout from it and also they exist in a world where like no one can have children anymore too and and for some reason they dress a little bit victorian-y there's just like a lot of little style touches that they wanted to it actually (laughs) sounds really cool i'm hoping i I mean it was a great time i had a great time making the Mm -hmm. movie and everyone did an amazing job and i I think i made a lot of good friends and ironically i'm uh fingers crossed i will be on set with almost all of them again in september uh because the director is directing another film what's it called uh that one's called macabre mountain uh (laughs) If actually there's an Indiegogo for it right now, if, if people <laughs> want to check it out, uh, but that should be a lot of fun. Uh, like I said, I've never been to the East Coast, and so suddenly I might be seeing West Virginia. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's that's part of the job. I think that's one of the best things is you get yeah. to travel. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. is great. I want to write something set in Japan just to have an excuse to to go there. Yeah, <laughs> big time. <laughs> um, but yeah, let's talk about movies specifically. Okay. Do you? Uh, I hate people. I, I hate. I hate people. Uh, <laughs> uh, I hate asking people what their favorite film is or oh, favorite hard, films because yeah. it's of course it's so hard. Uh, but if people wanted to sort of understand your taste a little bit, do you have any movies you would throw out as like uh, if you wanted to know me a little bit? Here's the kind of stuff that I like. Is is there anything that like comes to mind for you? Yeah, <laughs> it'd be stuff like The Cannonball Run, The Breakfast Club, Weird Science, White Chicks, mm. Saturday Night Live. Yes, I aspire to be a stand-up comedy artist. <laughs> <laughs> you just reminded me, though, I wanted to look up the movie that Jackie Chan was uh, watching. In, in... Oh, yeah, the, I know, the one, you're ta- the one that he almost wrecks the car. It was like The Green Room or oh, something. This is like hardcore pornography. Okay. Good to know. One of the letterbox reviews I was looking at just mentioned it specifically. And I was like, that was kind of an interesting choice to add to the film. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, White Chicks, that's a funny one. I, I That one, I, I definitely grew up liking that movie and thinking it was so fucking funny. I don't know how it holds up, would hold up if I watched it today. Mm-hmm. Maybe for pure nostalgia, I would still get a big kick out of it. And I still remember lots of bits from it. It's pretty yeah. memorable. I mean, the, the Waynes brothers were amazing of course so and you know i kind of technically grew up on some of their stuff too because you know they were all over like the scary movie films and Mm -hmm. and, and all that stuff so yeah so you you like a lot more maybe like uh slapstick more like wacky type comedy stuff than like it's that stuff so even like to this day is it still like when you watch cannonball run are you laughing out loud that 
actually changed. I years ago when I, you know, initially watched it, and I've watched it throughout the years. Maybe it's been a while. Some of the stuff did kind of rub me a little different. Um, but that's to be expected, you know. Sure. It was just uh, it was just just a couple things that kind of I'm not sure would fly in today's climate if you catch my drift. Oh uh, yeah, I mean, but, I guess as an overarching statement mm -hmm. on us covering this film mm -hmm. there is a lot of stuff that has not aged very super, well <laughs> super greatly like i mean headlines being like every time it cuts to jackie chan the music they play is like hmm oh okay. my god oh my god i said the same thing when i was when we were watching it it was like i was looking at it with whole new eyes and i did say that to brian i said do you do you think that that is bad or not because it kind of feels like it should be bad yeah. I, like I, i'm almost positive that the guy playing the sheik is not no he's american he was a mash <laughs> yeah so it's like yeah there's stuff it's, it, but i mean it's also part of the fun of watching these classic films is oh watching uh, those chicks those you know with the tight outfits on every time they she'd zip it down yeah there's like there's like three it. female characters in the movie and they're, they're, they're extremely they're show, sexualized yeah. uh and it's like yeah uh you know i did notice that <laughs> and then they kind of made some comments towards sammy davis jr yeah Burt kinda... reynolds had a couple lines i was like "Ooh, i don't know about that one yeah uh, that one i don't think really would fly to be honest there's like a scene with uh burt reynolds and farrah fawcett where she just kind of offhandedly goes like, oh, I thought I was going to get gang raped, but I was just like, oh, okay. Uh, that was, I just, it just, sometimes people will just say stuff and, and it's an older movie and you're so not used to hearing stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Like pretty much anytime someone drops like an F-bomb in a movie, and I'm not talking about fuck, I'm talking <laughs> about the derogatory term for a gay person, mm -hmm. I'll just suddenly be like, whoa, whoa, whoa hang on a second. <laughs> I'm just like, I, like that word is so like shocking to me now, but older movies, it's like, they just let them fly yeah they it was, um, that like i said there's not a whole lot that ages too well but the doctor the proctologist he did crack me up the whole movie like <laughs> what is the meaning of this crude interruption <laughs> and he just looked yeah, crazy he's, he's great he's got big eyes <laughs> he is a very unique look if you are going to cast him there's a reason you're casting him yeah he's i don't he's know just, he's just his own brand i don't know what uh if what's <laughs> going on with his eyes was real or if he literally has a Marty Feldman type thing going on, or if it's just was prosthetics or whatever, but that's yeah. interesting. Now, then it makes you kind of question yourself like, should I laugh? Oh, you know, I yeah. mean, it's, I mean, it's like, I think in the spectrum of things that are, they never, you know, they never really play his like eyes as like, that's not like the big thing about him that's like weird. I think the whole thing was just the character that he created. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's a proctologist. Yeah. He, he, he's just the, his whole demeanor. In the way they light him dramatically, where he's just like kind of, you just look at him and you're just like, what the hell? Uh, <laughs> I would actually love to do a show where I interview people who have odd jobs. That was first on my list. Yeah. I wanted to interview a proctologist. <laughs> and I don't think, I'm just going to be, I don't think I can do it with a straight face and then they'll get mad. And I wasn't trying to hurt their feelings. I just really wanted to know what would make you wake up one day and just say, hey, I want to be an ass doctor. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think, I think people, the the capacity for humans to adapt to almost any situation. Mm -hmm. I ironically, I was literally listening to a podcast last night, one of my favorite shows called Action Boys, and it kind of just casually came up where they were talking about. Well, they started off by talking because they they were reviewing Magnum Force, this Dirty Harry Clint Eastwood movie. Mm -hmm. They were talking about like how oh in in movies they show characters being callous by having them like eat during something grisly, and they they were joking about like what's the first movie that had like a mortician 
eating a sandwich in the scene or, or over like a dead body. And then they, they kind of transitioned into one of them was talking about, yeah, he's like, I, I, I used to talk to construction workers and one of them was telling me like, yeah, the guys that clean the porta potty, they just don't like they, they're so uh, past being grossed out by literal shit. He's like, <laughs> he's like, I'm talking like a guy with a hose spewing shit into a, a tank eating a sandwich with the other hand and they just it's nothing to them like so i think i think as far as like proctologists go i assume after like three buttholes you're just kind of like yeah a butthole is a butthole like hey i'm a businesswoman if i'm getting paid i have no, I'm, no shame no again shame. you know it is sometimes you do have to think about you know, why, why are you, why did you get into this profession? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what's your, what's your angle here? Like a plumber. I mean, <laughs> that would be cool, but I don't know if I'd want to do it for life. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good money. Uh, what's, uh, you know. Actually, so, you're right. And it is. Speaking of the Cannonball Run, though, we might as well transition into it. I'm curious, what's your history with it? Is this a movie you watched from a young age or? Did you happen upon it later and really fell in love with it? Or why, why Cannonball Run? Why was this so at the top of your list when we talked about movies that we could potentially discuss? I remember seeing it as a kid several times and thinking it was really, really funny. And so, I mean, just the idea, this idea, it was based on a real story. Um, a yeah, yeah. Sea to Shining Sea. Yeah, the guy that yeah. the guy that wrote the script actually created the Cannonball Run mm -hmm. race um, and, you know, based the story off of, off of that thing. And it's a great idea. When I was a kid, I used to watch uh, the Gumball Run, mm -hmm. uh, which was essentially the same thing with all these cars racing across. The it's a great idea for a film. Uh, it's interesting, too, because you could execute it in so many different ways. And the way they choose to do it in this film is very interesting with the way more wacky. Yeah. Like, like the, the film clues you into what its deal is like within the first five minutes where there's like literally cartoon sound effects when Burt Reynolds like slams his head on the hood and I was like, Oh, this is like literally just a live action cartoon. Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> now I know what I'm watching. Yeah. They didn't take it. <laughs> they didn't take it too seriously, but they played it serious and that tends to work. Sometimes. Yeah. 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 The, the characters within the film are all playing it straight, mm -hmm. uh, but you're watching a literally a live action cartoon. Mm -hmm. Like I find myself literally thinking about like Roger Rabbit, like watching this, this movie at times. <laughs> uh, and then that's cool. Cause like, the film feels like, for the most part, it knows what it is and sticks to that. It kind of goes back and forth, where you'll have one scene where they land a plane in the middle of a town square, and both the characters seem very nonchalant about it. But then there's like a scene where two scenes later, they're on a boat, and suddenly Dom DeLuise cares about them making waves and disrupting the other boats. I'm like, you didn't care when you were <laughs> having people dive out of the middle of the street when you're landing a plane. So it get, the logic gets a little all over the place. Mm -hmm. Like at first Farrah Fawcett just seems like dumb and doesn't know what's going mm -hmm. on. But then kind of just another scene later, she's like, and you guys kidnapped me. And I'm like, they did do that, but you didn't seem to acknowledge it at first. But like, <laughs> I guess now we are acknowledging it. And we, we are taking it seriously. So it's a little all over the map. <laughs> But uh, that's a very good description. <laughs> yep, that is very good. But they're a little all over the map because they're traveling across the country, so it fits. Mm -hmm. um, but, <laughs> but no, uh, we don't. You don't have to give your final thoughts or anything. But you're saying like, obviously, you grew up, thought it was funny, and, and that seems to be the consensus for a lot of the reviews. Is like, saw it at a young age, thought it was really funny. I think the thing, just as a baseline, I'll just say this about how my thoughts of the on the film, having just watched it with no nostalgia, hence the premise of the show. Uh, I was like, yes, 
this is not peak cinema, obviously. <laughs> um, this isn't technically really what I go into film usually looking for, but there is something very charming about it. And there's a, there's a real, the sense that everyone is having fun comes through on the screen. And I find that to be hard to deny, like no matter how like thin the plot is or how non characters and no arcs, nothing going dramatic going on. There is the fact of the matter is you can tell everyone's just having a good time and that's infectious and the, it's hard the not outtakes, to get, the, when they show the yeah. bloopers, that is some of the funniest <laughs> stuff. <laughs> yeah. It's just like you like, yeah. It's, it, I, I think even as someone that is involved in the filmmaking world, there's something very relatable to just a bunch of interesting people having fun and making a silly movie. Uh, like in, there's no one that's sitting in a, dramatically lit studio being interviewed about this film being like yes i thought it was really important that bert's character showed the he was the <laughs> typical american male and blah like they, they didn't go in it they were just like fun cars as many cameos as we can possibly get <laughs> let's do it like and it would have yeah, been a fun it would have been a fun to movie cameos, to make. they're the original ogs the start of the ensembles yeah. yeah they i mean they got it like 10 times over and, <laughs> and i can't imagine being someone like in the 80s seeing like a trailer for this or hearing about yeah it's this movie where it's burt reynolds and farrah fawcett and dom de louise and dean martin and sammy davis jr jackie chan wasn't so much known at the time uh and roger moore and and <laughs> terry bradshaw and uh and adrian barbeau adrian barbeau yep. and just like the the list goes on and on and on and i'm sure from that aspect i mean it's kind of like it would be like watching an, an Avengers movie nowadays where it's like all the most famous actors are in one thing and you just get to see them interact with each other. And that's really fun. It also would be a fun movie to shoot because clearly they would just bring people in for a couple of days and do all their scenes because it's also so separate because mm -hmm. you can just show Terry Bradshaw and his buddy like in their truck. You could, you could knock that all out in like two days and then just make sure everyone's there for the day where they foot race each other at the end and stuff. But uh yeah i mean we should i guess we should just get into it right sure um something i i was talking about in the recent episode oh you know what speaking of recent episodes though i do want to backtrack and say i found watching this interesting because i just did an episode that was sort of my retrospective on stuff i grew up with and maybe some of it aged well and maybe some of it didn't um i talked about my history with adam sandler i literally did a whole episode on just Adam Sandler films. And it's just like some of the, his movies really do hold up for me. And some of them are kind of like, eh, it's lost its shine a little bit. Like Billy Madison is a little more annoying than I realized these days. But when I was a kid, it was just like, everything was like laugh out loud, hilarious. Um, but it, it's tough with that because I have so much nostalgia attached mm -hmm. to it too. And that's sort of the whole premise of the show is I wanted to come into films like with no nostalgia and just really, see them for what they are without any and like, that's kind of interesting too yeah. that's a very interesting take um, but i love having people on the show like yourself yeah who do have nostalgia and i love hearing your perspective because i think that's also very valid and important too mm -hmm. so yeah i'll be curious to see what's what's still hitting for you <laughs> uh, definitely really for me i think for me film is like family it's you can tell from the outtakes that they had a good time yeah i mean if i had been asked to do it I would have said yes. <laughs> um, it was just, it, they were just so fun with, with each other and stuff. And, and it radiated on screen, even though it's, 
you know, I'm not going to win an Oscar. It has that charm that the, the 80s does have a charm to it. Yeah, definitely. Everybody, anyone listening is probably nodding their head. We all know it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And speaking of, though, um, I'm not I, of course, know Burt Reynolds, but I've not seen a lot of his films, to be honest. One of um, the best ones he ever did was Boogie Nights. Oh, I have seen Boogie Nights, mm-hmm. and he's of course incredible. In yeah, that film. he was great. <laughs> um, and I've seen Deliverance, uh, which is one of his more iconic films. What's that about? I've never um, seen that. That's one. the one where it's like him and three friends, and they kind of get lost in the wilderness down in the south, and things just go really crazy. Uh, like they get haunted by rednecks and uh, get lost in a river and stuff like that. Have you not? You never seen Deliverance? I've actually. I didn't uh, know what it was about. I thought uh, it was like a war movie. No, <laughs> I feel it, stupid now. It's like a. Oh no! <laughs> Trust me, you're on a show where the entire premise is I haven't seen movies, so don't, don't <laughs> ever feel stupid. No idea. Yeah, don't, don't don't ever feel stupid for not having seen something. Uh, but yeah, I would highly recommend Deliverance to anybody. That was kind of what really broke Burt Reynolds as a movie star. And ironically, it's like him sans uh, iconic mustache. So if you ever want to see him without stash, but doing some acting. Uh, <laughs> uh, but this whole film is interesting because uh, Hal Needham directed it. And I also have not seen like a freaking single Hal Needham movie. I haven't seen Smoking the Bandit. I haven't seen Hooper. Him and Burt Reynolds made a trillion movies together. Like literally all of Hal Needham's movies, when you look them up, it's like Burt Reynolds, Burt Reynolds. Yeah, Cannonball Run, Hooper, Smoking oh, the Bandit. Oh, that is amazing. Smoking the Bandit 2. Oh, wow. I mean, obviously they got on pretty well. Yeah, that's actually really cool. Hal Needham was a stunt guy who sort of transitioned into being a director. Mm-hmm. But it, of course, comes through in all of his films because all of his movies are like car movies mm-hmm. or like Hooper's like a movie where Burt Reynolds plays a stuntman. Uh, and, and like a lot <laughs> of the set pieces are just stunts. It's almost like how- uh, And that's what this, this movie was a lot of stunts. Yeah, a lot. Like these days, I think people are familiar with like the John Wick films, mm-hmm. and the, that that first movie and, and the subsequent ones have all they were directed by a stunt guy uh, who was like, "I'm gonna do what I think we should do with these action movies and like show the action and have people trained and do good stunt work." And I think that's why those John Wick movies are so. I love them. Uh, and so I'll just <laughs> confess I haven't seen them yet. Uh, um, I, I mean, I would like at least the first one. I would. It's just, if you like action films, Mm -hmm. they're super worth checking out because they're doing action. It's not like, you know, a lot of modern action is like someone like move, cut, cut, cut. Like there's like a million cuts. Mm -hmm. The John Wick movies are very much about showing you the action. So you're seeing Keanu Reeves like do all these stunts and crazy shit. And I heard he was actually a black belt. Oh, he's like, he's so, he trains his yeah. ass off for these Ever movies. since The Matrix, <laughs> I think he got hardcore into martial yeah. arts. And I think that's how they met. Like, I think the director of the John Wick films was a stunt guy on The Matrix. <laughs> uh, so uh, it's just a pretty interesting regression. But this is like Hal Needham's journey, like 40 years ago is this kind of the same <laughs> thing. And so, he he obviously has a type of movie he likes to make with the fun cars, the yeah. smoking and the bandit and all that stuff. And I mean, you can watch the movie. I mean, the, the car stunts are legitimately amazing. Like, I, I think there's no bones about it. No matter how you feel about the comedy or the character journey or whatever, the fact of the matter is you've seen a lot of cars do a lot of really cool things. Yeah. And it's all practical, of course. Uh, <laughs> and in a way, this movie kind of set the stage for like the Fast and the Furious franchise. A little bit, yeah. yeah. I mean, they're the original OGs, but <laughs> Fast and the Furious just <laughs> magnified it. <laughs> yeah, I think there was a real love for 
and I never, I, there's a lot of these kinds of movies I haven't seen. Like I haven't seen, uh, um, you know, uh, the French connection or all these like seventies, eighties movies that are kind of famous for I know, big I car either. chases. <laughs> and, and I just, I mean, I definitely, you know, I, I say get the movie done however you need to get it done if you need to do do CGI and all that stuff. But I just, I definitely am a fan of practical effects. Mm-hmm. And part of the fun of the show is getting to watch movies like this where you're just watching real cars fly over trains <laughs> and go into rivers and, and blow up and shit. And it's like, it's just because you it feels real. You're like, holy shit. That's like insane. Like, I, I haven't watched Hooper, but I pulled up like the final sequence because I was listening to a show on it. And the stunts... And shit that they're pulling off at the end of that, like, because it's a film about being a stuntman. So of course the finale has to just be insane, and and the kind of shit that they're driving through. They are <laughs> they are badass though, stunts people. I mean, they, yeah. t- they take a risk every time they go to work. Yeah, and that is amazing. I'm not sure I could do that full time. Oh no, I, yeah, they but they they're good at what they do. Um, yeah, I I didn't want to bring this up because it's, it's kind of sad. But I watched a real quick like video on YouTube about it, and there was a stunt woman that did get injured doing yeah. this movie. Like a stunt went wrong, which is just like it's is the whole, everything about the movie is just like they all were friends and they were having fun, and then there's just this one little story where it's like a stunt woman got injured and it was really bad. And it's oh like, wow, oh, they, man. they so they kind of swept it under the rug. <laughs> they didn't sweep it under the rug. I don't think. I just think it's something that's like. Yep, she got injured and became a quadriplegic, and it just kind of is what it is. It's, but it's l- literally what you're talking about when you're a stunt person. Mm-hmm. You 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 sign up for this crazy ass shit, and especially back in the day when they were just flying cars all over the place. Mm-hmm. And it's like you don't even know how much regulations are going on. <laughs> I will say, what's nice is nowadays, even if you still want to do practical stuff, we do have CGI to like. Um, a really great example is. You know, when they would do wire work back in the day, they would have wires so thin that you couldn't see them on the camera. Um, but that, of course, was very unsafe for the directors. I was going to say, I'd the, be the directors, little, but the actors. Yeah, I'd be afraid. Because you, you could snap or yeah. whatever. Whereas I was watching behind the scenes for everything, everywhere, all at once. Mm-hmm. And they were showing some of the ropes that they had the actors rigged up for that. And they're super thick and everything's super safe. But because of CGI, you can literally just pew, that's gone now. Uh, <laughs> so, like, you get to be safe. So CGI is is still helping practical stunts be better and safer too. So uh, much love there for yeah, sure. It's definitely. just like I don't know. It's just like uh, I was even on a movie recently where when we actually did do practical squibs or blood getting thrown around and we did it for real. It just there's something visceral that feels good. I'm sure you know if you were if you were on set with a professional uh hollywood special effects guy i mean i'm sure you got like a front row seat i did shoot a movie last year it was a reimagining of night of the living dead Mm. and he did use a couple effects that were practical and they did look cool on camera yeah 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 i've uh these guys i was with on the the set like i've seen some of their other things where it's like they made this fake head so someone could like stomp it in and it's just like i don't know there's just a feeling about it and so I do get jazzed when I see that plane land in the town square because it's like 
You're seeing a plane land in the middle of town square. It's pretty fucking no. cool. Do you, do you think that was really Bert or do you think that was oh, a stunt no. person? Bert was not landing. That <laughs> I didn't want to come across as naive, but no, even too in late. The, even in the movie where he plays a stunt double, he infamously had stunt doubles in, in that movie. <laughs> That's actually really funny. <laughs> uh, yeah, because I think in Hooper, he plays Adam West stunt double uh <laughs> so, and adam west plays himself i guess um, yeah burt reynolds he he had definitely had a, a cool brand that worked great for yeah him. and i've heard he's just like like just such a cool guy and like very effortlessly charming i do also find like i've I heard that <laughs> i don't know what it is about today but i feel like when i watch like 70s and 80s movies especially mm-hmm. that was like an era where it's like you just found people with like charisma and put them on screen and it just comes through and i don't know if everything's just so buttoned up and but it's like styles of acting are different nowadays too i just did sunset boulevard for the show mm-hmm. and the kind of characters that you would play in a movie in the 50s aren't necessarily realistic to how humans act whereas today we trend much more towards realism mm-hmm. obviously and capturing real human emotion depending on what you're doing uh so I think uh, acting's a lot more toned down. So maybe the personalities don't shine through as much. But we also don't really have movie stars as much these days. No, I think I think that kind of is faded out now because yeah. that's why I think it's everyone's got a, sh- a fair shot. It's yeah, going to take there, a lot of hard there's work, a lot of pros, but it is there's possible. There's a lot of pros and cons to it. Like, I love that it's more about whether the movie is good and not who's in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there is something charming about being like, there's Burt Reynolds and he's in a movie. And I want to go see Burt Reynolds in a picture, or I want to go see uh, Jack Nicholson in a movie, or, or those whatever. actors have <laughs> definitely they have like a je ne sais quoi. Yeah, they have that charisma, that chemistry. Yeah, there's something. Yeah. There's something literally unquantifiable about it, and it's 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 just it's always fascinated me. And as someone that directs and meets people, there are people you meet where you're just like, holy shit, you have like such a charisma and such a personality that. So I'm going to jump on that real quick. Have you seen the the Batman that just came out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I thought was phenomenal. With the Robert way, Pattinson? Yeah, the way they, it was a very subtle style of acting. Mm-hmm. My acting coach, John Swanbeck, I know for a fact would love that movie. That's exactly the style he teaches. Yeah. It was just very well done. It was so, it wasn't that parody, that larger than life. I mean, Pattinson to me was one of the best yes i i thought it was i thought he did a great job i think we need to just forgive him for twilight come on guys it's i don't think he needs time. to be forgiven for twilight no. so he did, 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 did some, i actually like twilight he did some movies i i don't like I, I it's nice that people are coming around on him because mm-hmm. i've liked him for a while but uh, yeah people did go kind of hard on him because of twilight but it sure. wasn't that terrible i mean you know i i i, I i'm not too hard on movies <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Twilight films are for as much guff as they get in the film world. Like yep. they're very watchable. Mm-hmm. Like I've noticed when they're on, I'm just like, this is this is very watchable though. And I think part of it is it's we've since learned that like Pattinson and Stewart are both actually great actors. Yeah, and so <laughs> I mean Stewart, like again, you want to go back to the conversation we were having about like what material you're given to work with. Like I, I read the first two Twilight books and. Bella is not a person. She is just a audience insert for the people to read the book and be like, I'm Bella, a hot werewolf and vampire both want me really bad. <laughs> she doesn't have, she doesn't have a personality. And so it's like, how do you portray that on screen as a character? And she just kind of has to do what she does. I'm actually, I love, I actually like Kristen Stewart a lot. 
I think she's subsequently proven that she's pretty great as well. Uh, some people are still a little hard on her, but I don't know. Claudia you know, Sills Maria yeah. or uh, even the recent Spencer movie where she played Queen Diana. That looked like it was going to be good. I'm really excited to see uh, Crimes of the Future, the new mm-hmm. David Cronenberg movie that her and uh, my massive crush, Leah Saido, are in. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> love Leah Saido. Uh, but yeah, uh, danced around it. The cannonball Run. The Cannonball Run. I will say, uh, for those of you listening... Um, if, if you're new to the show, if you're tuning in because you're a big Paisley fan and you want to see what the fuck this silly show is all about, uh, we're going to spoil the absolute shit out of this movie. So if you haven't seen the movie, yep, just know that. Either be okay with that or go watch the movie. But I'm going to follow that up with a copy hot. <laughs> this movie is very fucking hard to find. Uh, I watched it on YouTube. You can, uh, you can buy it on eBay. Yeah. That's where I bought it. Um, and they had, someone has just uploaded the movie to youtube and mm-hmm. that was how i was able to see it because it didn't occur to me this happened to me recently where uh someone that wants to come on the show wanted to watch a movie called eddie presley uh a very obscure movie and i and i've ran into this a couple times now where i just kind of go yeah because i always like to watch the movie like right before the show just so i'm as fresh as possible that's exactly what i did um i was afraid to admit that though <laughs> oh no no please uh i i think that's like funner just to have it fresh on your mind yeah but uh, sometimes I'm, I don't actually look to make sure that the movie is findable. And there was a moment where, uh, like yesterday, where I was doing some Googling, where I was like, am I going to have to text Paisley and be like, I cannot find this fucking movie? Because <laughs> like, yeah, a lot of these you can find on eBay, but I would have needed to have done that <laughs> like like two weeks ago. <laughs> that is very true. Yep, Because <laughs> like right. with Eddie Presley, we had to cancel the recording because I was like, I'm going to have to buy this movie on eBay. Which is fine, but we can't record because I haven't seen the fucking movie. Yeah, that would be that would be a very awkward show. <laughs> uh, but it, 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 the movie's a lot of fun, and it is on it is on YouTube for free for now. Uh, if you guys want to find that playlist, uh, and then something else that was kind of funny was it, like it's very important that it's the Cannonball Run apparently because there's also a Cannonball Run two. A lot the, of the same ones were in it. Yeah, and and in a if you're searching for the Cannonball Run, it's easy to get sidetracked and see. A Cannonball Run 2, which is on a couple different platforms. That one actually was funny. Yeah. Did you see that no, one? No, I haven't Okay, so I'm not going to ruin that. But yeah, that actually had some... I'm thinking about them. So I'm, I'm reminiscing. I'm feeling some nostalgia. And, yeah. <laughs> they're they're kind of funny, at least to me. It's a great time capsule. Uh, I'm sure the sequel's fascinating. Uh, I, I will say, I, I'm gonna, we're going to be more like broad when covering the film. I'm not going to go like scene by scene by scene by scene. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to get insular right at the beginning because the 20th century opening is interesting yeah. because they do a little thing where it starts like normal but then a car, car like comes, comes in and, and you hear car, like a police the siren car comes and it co- goes into the, to the zero and that's and animated looking, going around the, yeah, the universal it, symbol it's really uh it was really it's, cool it's really charming yeah uh, like i was like oh okay. it's cheesy but it's lovable yeah it's yeah a, you, it's got that charm to it you just kind of have to appreciate when i like when films play with the opening bumper a little bit or like you know the matrix like kind of infamously they'll turn it green and the numbers will start coming down matrix but, that is a good movie <laughs> it yeah. is it is a good movie <laughs> I, ironically this very studio is where i recorded that episode uh, i don't normally record in here but i had like three people on for that episode so i was like uh, we gotta like do it in the big studio oh, i bet that was fun it, it was i don't think i'll ever have that many guests on again because it was also chaotic as i fun. bet yeah uh, like I, I like i feel bad because like i felt like my friend andrew couldn't get a word in edgewise the whole time <laughs> it was just like and we talked about not just the first matrix but all three matrix movies too 
it was it was chaos but <laughs> it's a fun episode check it out guys <laughs> but, uh, but yeah so um pretty much this movie is really easy to break down though and, and we'll get more insular but it's just you're being introduced to a lot of characters at once and then the race starts and you just get a bunch of just vignettes of mm-hmm. them of the various characters doing their thing like each of them kind of have it in a little segment of their own yeah little arc of their own and they intersect occasionally um yeah we, we, get a, we get a fun opening credit sequence where we'll learn eventually that this black lambo is driven by the the lady team um the ones that are in the the tight pink jumpsuit and the yeah, purple the cat tight suits. Cat suit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Adrian Adrian Barbeau and I don't know who her partner Adrian is. Adrian Barbeau. She was in Swamp Thing. Okay. And um Creep uh, Creep Show. She was in Creep Show. And yeah, I'm not that familiar. Again, most of the people in this movie it says she's in the thing. That's interesting. Um I don't even remember a woman being in the thing. I didn't think I thought, so I thought either. of that movie as such a sausage But I've never fest. seen it. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's in Escape from New York. I wonder if Adrian Barbeau is who I'm thinking of from Escape from New York. Because there's like a character that shows up in Escape from New York who I was like, oh, she's really cool. And then she gets killed like immediately. And I was like, oh. <laughs> and then and like, I was like, that was a character that had a personality. That's, just... that's one of those what the fuck moments in a movie. I kind of <laughs> dig it and hate it at the same time yeah, they do that. Yeah. It's like, I love it. <laughs> I, have a pre- I have a pretty infamous episode on this. That's like the third episode I ever did for the show. And I kind of shit all over Escape from New York, uh, which is like a movie that people fucking love. So I don't know. Uh, be warned or whatever. But we get a fun credit sequence. It's just kind of setting the table for and i mean right off the bat i'm like these cars are fucking zooming they're going so fast to be honest (laughs) yeah you can tell it's a comedy because in real life every one of them would have been in jail (laughs) (laughs) yeah but i'm just saying in terms of the uh the stunt work Mm -hmm. uh, like you can tell from the can like uh, i don't think there's a lot of camera trickery going on it's mostly just the camera sitting there and you're just seeing the cars just going by by. so fast and of course you know What's always funny is like a lot of these movies, the police cars will kind of actually be keeping up and doing all these crazy spins and drifting and turning. <laughs> so, you know, it's just, it's literally just two stunt people just going nuts on a track or whatever, but it looks cool and it, it sets the stage for like, oh, you're going to see some cool car shit yeah. in, in this movie. <laughs> and they do a lot of it too. Yeah. It's, it's I mean, it, it's ahead of its time for that element alone. The stunt work was Ooh. just so well done. Um, I did kind of get a kick when the two guys were in the truck and he said he tricked the cop by saying, I don't have brakes. Then he really didn't have brakes, but there was that ramp just waiting for him to go right over the train. I saw the ramp. I was like, oh boy. (laughs) Well, that worked out, I guess. Yeah. Those characters are interesting because like you think they're going to factor in a lot more, but they literally only show up like two times. Yeah. Um, but they're the ones that crash into the hotel too. (laughs) And again, the nature of the movie is so weird where it's like, they literally like destroy an entire hotel and they're just like, we just wanted to park here. Who gives a shit? And, and it's just like, oh, okay. This I, the- I mean, you know, it's a parody. <laughs> there is nothing real about it. <laughs> um, but we meet, we meet JJ and Vincent yep. or, or Victor rather, uh, who are going to be our main characters, uh, Burt Reynolds and Dom DeLuise. This is like, this opening scene is interesting because it gets you set for the tone of the film. But I also, for me, was like this whole exchange about the hamsters He's like, my hamster had anxiety. I couldn't leave him. I was <laughs> that like, was a little silly. I was like, hmm, these jokes are not hitting for me. Yeah, no, that didn't hit me either. <laughs> uh, that- I remember thinking the same thing. I was like, oh, that just, 
it's, it does have its funny moments. That just wasn't one of them. Yeah. And then the, r- r- right off the bat, we established this running gag of, he's like, just you, me, the hamsters, and him. And so, uh, and, <laughs> Captain and, Chaos. <laughs> yeah. And, and what's, I found it kind of strange because it felt like they simultaneously were dancing around the who he is. But they show you Captain Chaos like 10 minutes into the movie in like a real quick scene where they try to drive past some cops and get pulled over. Right. Like Captain Chaos comes out and I'm like, I feel like they should have, like, if if I had been the editor, I definitely would have cut that scene because I feel like you want to see Cap, the you want to just tease it and tease it and tease it and then see Captain Chaos come out like at the end of the movie. That would have been a really interesting gag yeah, to run. Well, yeah, just, I, don't know, cool. I don't know why they kept dancing around the he thing, but then later him and Vera Fawcett like just fully talk about the Captain Chaos character. So it's it's a little confusing. It's like it's it's they probably shot the movie wildly out of order and just kind of <laughs> threw it all together. And we're like, I guess this is the order it's in. But yeah, and uh, Burt Reynolds and Dom DeLuise, they have good chemistry together for sure. Uh, and you can see in the behind the scenes that they got along really mm-hmm. well and had a lot of fun um but the only thing i was a little unsure of is when he would bitch slap him sometimes yeah i wasn't sure if i would like that or not <laughs> yeah a lot of the, some of the bloopers though were him like laughing too much he just couldn't stop laughing like, he couldn't yeah. la- he cu- couldn't stop laughing because burt runs like supposed to slap him and he just like <laughs> he was laughing for some reason uh like there there's a lot of i mean it's a very slapstick heavy movie mm-hmm. so like that they don't go full three stooges like poking people in the eyes in this movie, but it's more alluded to in a couple <laughs> yeah. scenes, like when he bumps his head on the car and yeah. they make a little cartoon the sound. Characters are slapping yeah. each other. Like there's a there's an outtake where Dean Martin like slaps Sam Davis Jr. Too. Oh, that was funny. Yeah, it was more of a pat, like a yeah. tough pat on the head. <laughs> and speaking of though, we do meet uh, Sammy Davis and Dean Martin, who are probably one. Of, I'm not going to go through every single character. Uh, like, They're famous uh, for the Rat Pack. Yeah, yeah. They pe- were part of the Rat Pack. Yeah, people know Dean Martin, Sam Davis, the Rat Pack, Frank Sinatra, and mm-hmm. there's a fourth guy who I'm forgetting. I can't remember him um, either. <laughs> Dean Martin was in like a million movies. Like he's actually like, like most of the Rat Pack was also in like a lot of movies. They're a pretty big institution, obviously. Just out of curiosity, do you know why they were called the Rat Pack? Not for sure. Okay, so uh, I don't know. Knows, I don't know my Rat Pack history. Shoot us, shoot us the answer, because <laughs> I guarantee they're going to do it, whether we say we're going to do it or not. <laughs> uh, Frank Sinatra is probably the most famous one, but I don't know for sure. But I think Dean Martin was probably in more movies. Like if, I actually, when I saw him in this movie, mm-hmm. I recognized him because I I don't even know him that well as like a Rat Pack guy. I recognized him because in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, Sharon Tate goes to watch that movie and it's a Dean Martin movie uh, that she was in and it's like Dean Martin's playing some like suave guy I haven't seen any of Dean Martin's like movies where he's the lead or whatever but you know uh, he's obviously got charisma and stuff he seems like and probably if this is true uh, seems like he's just absolutely wasted the entire time you took the words right out of my mouth <laughs> I was just about to say I, that 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 actually gave me anxiety because <laughs> them always it sounded like they were drunk and they get in behind the car I know it was probably stump people but that, yeah. put, that made me anxious <laughs> yeah. yeah Dean Martin seems like I forgot but uh, they click, partied hard yeah clicking on his name that's right like the Rat Pack did the Ocean's Eleven movie the original mm-hmm. one that's right and uh, Sinatra Martin Sammy Davis uh, I don't know if Peter Lawford is the other guy. That does sound correct. Uh, but, <laughs> but yeah, they're 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 in the movie. And they end up being these characters who dress as priests. Yeah, uh, trying. That's like their gimmick to try to like ev- evade the cops is just to pretend to be uh, priest guys. It's pretty much the only running gag of it ends up being <laughs> that 
Dean Martin is incredibly horny the whole movie <laughs> and is mad that he's dressed as a priest because he can't just, I guess, get with all these women. <laughs> yeah, that was a gag. That was definitely a gag. <laughs> Dean Martin definitely from the era of like guy who did nothing but smoke and drink all day and look, yeah. looked incredibly old but was still being like put in movies with women who looked half as young as him and you're just supposed to kind of be like yeah those two go together uh, <laughs> it's like it's a good era uh, for those guys i guess oh, uh, humphrey Bo- humphrey bogart is the other one i think of in terms of that but humphrey bogart was actually an amazing actor so i i it's, give him it's i give on him my a bucket list to see casablanca oh dude uh, yeah. i know yeah. i know i need to get with the program yeah <laughs> uh, that's literally probably one of my favorite movies of all mm-hmm. time it's it's just so good and he again heavy heavy drinker heavy heavy smoker like looked like he was 80 when he was like 50 um but tremendous actor he's like the one i give a little bit of leeway to because i'm just like eh, you're so good though <laughs> and d martin not as much room for him but uh he, he hits on a lot of women in this movie but he doesn't we don't have to like watch him like make out with a 20 year old so it's fine yeah uh, <laughs> uh, probably some other highlights uh the, there's terry bradshaw's in the movie they barely factor in yeah he's he's very minor yeah there's like a handful of characters that they show up but don't matter too much there's there's a fun gag. There's this like rich corporate guy who like skydives out, yeah, of, the the, thing. out of the plane. He's like, I yeah. want to be free. Yeah. And then like he, uh, he, they, he, he's the motorcycle guy and he rides with his buddy. Oh, who, that's who. Okay. Yeah. And he has it upright yeah. on one wheel the whole <laughs> Literally movie. Literally every time you see them, they're doing a wheelie. Uh, and it's a fun gag. Yeah. It is a fun gag. That was funny. Uh, they're, they're like dressed as a couple. He's got like his. <laughs> Like, ironically, the wheelie thing, I think, is technically like a fat joke because his his heavy set buddy is on the back of the bike. And that's why they're (laughs) doing a wheelie the whole time. But they literally kind of disappear. You literally just see them occasionally doing a wheelie. But then they do matter at the very end because they're sort of the impetus for that big brawl. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, that's the rich corporate guy. He's fun. The brawl was fun. (laughs) Yeah, the brawl is great. And we'll get there. Uh, That's kind of where the movie kind of cemented for me where i was like okay you know what actually. it really did kind of, it was a feel-good uh, scene <laughs> yeah um we, we meet jackie chan who for some reason is playing a japanese guy uh i, <laughs> I was wondering i i thought he was chinese yeah okay so it wasn't my I, I was trying to listen to him and his partner talking and i do think they're speaking japanese that's what i thought um but yeah Jack- isn't sayonara isn't that Goodbye yeah. in Japanese. Yeah. Okay. And when I was listening, because I know the language a little bit. And so I was like, I think so. I was like, I, I'm sure Jackie Chan's like multilingual. Oh, yeah. Um, this was a, this was an interesting thing because uh, this is like before Jackie Chan kind of broke through into English film. He's obviously a huge Hong Kong star. Yeah. And I would highly recommend like if people only know Jackie Chan from his English movies, please go check out like some of his like pre English stuff like Drunken Master and Police Story. Because I mean, he's. He's so young and so handsome and so charming and like, yeah. uh, and he's so fucking good at what he does. Like nobody quite does it like Jackie Chan, the way he fights, the way he uses, uh, God, there's some set pieces in drunken master and police story. that are just, if, if you like, like Kung Fu type movies, I mean, his stuff is just God tier. And I was excited cause it was almost like, why is he in this movie almost the entire time? And then at the very end, when he finally gets to do his, a fight his, scene yeah, i was like oh was cool. this is the entire reason he was in the movie was so they could do this he's badass uh, yeah. But yeah why he's japanese i don't know uh but it's it is what it is the, the times i guess because the thing is like the gimmick of his character i guess is a little more 
with the super fancy computer car. Mm -hmm. I think back in the 80s, we tended to associate Japan as like this high tech. Very high tech. Thingy. Yes. But like literally when he's on that talk show that he gets introduced as Jackie Chan to. So I don't know what's going on with that. <laughs> uh, I love Jackie Chan, though. Like, I, again, please like check out his. I think I did an episode on Police Story. Uh, so I, I would super recommend that. And Drunken Master's great. I'm forgetting some of his Project A, I think, is one that's really good, too. Um, but yeah, he's just, there's, and even the Rush Hour movies, like, I love those movies. And he's just so, God, he's so good at what he does. Like, it was, it was fun to finally see him stretch his legs at the end of this. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anybody, like, we have the, we have the two ladies who wear like yeah. the the booby cat suits? <laughs> uh, uh, they were they were definitely. I mean they're they're important they're important to note because again big spoilers for the film. They actually win the, the they whole win thing. The race. They're the they win. Because uh, I, I was kind of curious who was going to win. Uh, so I was like, it'll probably be JJ. And that's what and, I was. And, I thought it was going to be JJ. But I was like, it'd be interesting if they did a different winner and then ended up being the ladies which is fun oh yeah, yeah. i'm forgetting i think the other really big one worth noting is uh roger moore yeah uh, who's <laughs> he was basically basically playing himself yeah a he's parody like, of himself he's like playing a character named sebastian who seems to think he's, he's roger, roger moore, moore. yeah like, i don't really know what the game of his character actually is because he talks to his mom and he takes everything so seriously but he kind of jokes around with her but then every other character he interacts with he just says he's roger moore and I don't know if he's just a psycho who thinks he's Roger Moore or if he really. That's very interesting. Like, I, I don't know. Like he signs a piece of paper early in the movie and signs it as Roger Moore. I saw that. Uh, yeah. And I was just like, yeah, but I mean, his gimmick is he just does James Bond stuff. I think uh, that's what it is. So yeah. it's just even though he's playing a char a different character, yeah. it's really James Bond. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he's fun. His scenes are probably some of the better scenes in the movie. Yeah, I love that scene at the end with <laughs> Mr. Foyt. Mr. Foyt, how did you like that? Well, well, the lighter, of course. <laughs> and he like launches himself out <laughs> with all his interactions with with his like lady friend, and he's just—I mean, you can see why he was James Bond. I've actually never seen a Roger Moore James Bond mm -hmm. movie, uh, but watching this made me want to watch one of his movies because, like, damn, this guy's fucking charming. He shit. is. He's really funny. <laughs> he's so handsome too. I was just like, God damn. <laughs> yeah, he was. He was very, very good in that role <laughs> I, I thought i got a kick out of him <laughs> whenever he was on screen in this movie I well was, british I, people are so very polite Even yeah if they're insulting you they're they're polite about it <laughs> he's just like he fit his style fits into the movie really well too because he's so aloof and above it that all the all the antics but him just doing this dry british character the whole time somehow it actually like gels for some reason uh, but yeah, the, they're pretty much just, we meet all these characters we meet Captain Chaos <laughs> and pretty, we meet the Sheik, uh, doesn't mm -hmm. really factor in that much. He gets a couple gags, but, uh, Sheik's not really much of a character no. other than like when he like stops at a restaurant for a second and just gives us an, ex gives us an excuse to ogle another woman. <laughs> uh, I was like, why is her, why is her top so, so low cut though? Uh, <laughs> That's how the eighties was though. That's how they rolled. Uh, <laughs> Oh, and then, and of course we meet. I don't remember. Ironically, that's a running gag in the movie where Farrah Fawcett doesn't remember this guy's name. Yeah, I, we I need don't... to go back and pick up Mister Voigt or something Voigt. like that. <laughs> uh, but Farrah Fawcett plays a character named uh, Pamela, I believe. Yeah, you wouldn't know it because they just call her Beauty the whole movie for some reason. I thought there was definitely going to be a scene where I, I thought it was going to happen with her and Dom DeLuise, where. He's like, I, I'd love to have you as a friend too, Beauty. I thought for sure she would be like, hey, 
My name is Pamela. You can call me <laughs> Pamela, but that never happens. Uh, <laughs> it's just like, I guess. Somehow she, they just learned her name. <laughs> yeah. She must introduce herself to Void at the beginning, but I don't remember. Oh, yeah, to Void, she did. Yeah, she's She's got a fun character game, though, where, again, it kind of falls away, but she's like this environmentalist photographer. Yeah. And she's like, I just love trees. And I love <laughs> anyone who loves trees. And she keeps trying to say, like, you know what I love best about trees? On a moonlit night, and she like keeps getting interrupted. Like she's gonna say something really bawdy, but it, we just <laughs> never really quite find out what it is. I thought that was funny too. Yeah, <laughs> it's a funny that, gag. That but, was a funny. But again, gag. they drop it like after the first couple of beats of it. Uh, it gets kind of lost in the shuffle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but boy, obviously, everyone's head over heels for her because, of course, now it's Parafaucet. Yep. I mean, it's like Jesus Christ. Uh, but yeah, she she gets to hang out with Bert and Dom DeLuise later in the movie. But so we meet everybody. For some reason, it all culminates at this hotel. Yep. Uh, like no, it's a roadblock. Oh uh, well, no, I just mean they uh, where they're all getting ready at the beginning. Oh, at the beginning. Yeah, okay. uh, like they meet sort of uh, all the can. They're they're going to do this big race. I guess we haven't even said what the premise of the movie is. <laughs> if you've never seen it before, all these people are doing. Oh, yeah, a we probably didn't say. <laughs> yeah, all these people are getting together to do a thing called the Cannonball, which is just you start. Yes. The real race starts in New York and goes to California. California. I think I it start that's the same they're not very specific about where they start in this movie but the reason we're meeting all these characters is they're going to do the cannonball mm-hmm. um and it's it's a race and whoever gets there the fastest wins and that's why we've met all these characters they're all prepping for this they're all at the hotel why Voight and Pamela are at the same hotel I don't know they're there for some kind of environmentalist convention yeah for some uh, kind of a <laughs> environmental thing yeah and just again we're, like the this, this whole movie is just vignette after vignette after vignette just like loosely connected scenes we do plot wise i guess worth noting burt reynolds and has come up with the scheme to get an ambulance to uh <laughs> that'll be their cover for the race or whatever and then they get pulled over yeah and but... <laughs> i don't i just don't think that that was really how it would go down yeah i'm like I, I, I don't bitch him out for like speeding yeah i can't imagine like a, it was like clearly in the script they were like we need because if they were driving an ambulance they just wouldn't be bothered mm-hmm. but they needed an excuse to have the doctor and farrah fawcett with them so they had to have scenes where it paid off that they were with them. Otherwise it wouldn't have made any, I could, I could see them in the script room just being like, well, we need to get these characters together. So how do we do it? Well, maybe they need like a fake patient and a fake doctor. Why would anyone ever stop an ambulance? Don't worry about it. They're just going to do it and they'll just be mean. It's fine. We need an excuse for Farrah Fawcett to be there. So Burt Reynolds and her can have like scenes together. And it was just like. <laughs> it was so random. Yeah. Uh, but it's very important to them that they, they, get, they get a doctor. So eventually Victor turns up with this dude whose name I'd never even caught. I don't remember. Uh, that. But he's. Yeah. This, <laughs> he's this madman who they just kind of go with he's like i'm going to need two thousand dollars for my services and he's like How about 200 he's like i have checked my schedule that works <laughs> i was like <laughs> it was the way he led into that though he was like fortunately <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's he's great like not not to belittle again he kind of disappears in in the he, back half he, of the movie he too. is good though in the scenes he's in yeah he's, he he's super good. funny he's got great comedic timing but yeah, so they're going to be driving an ambulance, so that's sort of their gimmick. But everyone takes off. Again, we're just getting scene after scene of people doing bits of, of their takeoff, but they're they're off to the races. As they're leaving, 
uh, the Voight guy and Vera Fawcett. Because for some reason, Vera Fawcett is now with this Voight guy. I know. I thought like, that was odd, too. Who's like, who's like hell, he's like this like FBI guy who's like hell-bent on stopping the cannonballers. Um, and she's helping him for some reason. She her character was very naive. Yeah, but she gets <laughs> she gets pulled into the ambulance and he they drive away without him and and she's so blasé. <laughs> what you kidnapped me? <laughs> yeah, you kidnapped me. Like, the only thing, the only reason it doesn't come across is like creepier than it is, mm-hmm. is because you never really get the feeling that they wouldn't just let her leave if she <laughs> said like, "What the fuck? Let me leave." It's just she never does. They just are like, "Lie on the stretcher. Here, he'll inject you with this thing." And but even that, they kind of turn a little bit because you can tell she's weirded out. And then Bert's like, oh, it is kind of weird. Why don't you use it on yourself? And the doctor's like, uh, okay. <laughs> like, he like, he's like, oh. at first it seems like it's painful, but then he like does it again. It's a weird gag. It uh, was, yeah, that's a special kind of uh, acting that somebody would have to really have an insight for to pull that off. Comedy, <laughs> comedy can be difficult. Oh, comedy's so hard. I think comedy is harder than drama, honestly. I, I say all the time that. I, I think it's more impressive when people do make a funny turn and they're actually good at it. And it is when like a comedic actor does a dramatic turn. Uh, Cause I, I think it's way easier to be sad than it is to be funny. Cause we're all sad, <laughs> 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 but, yep. but yeah, just a lot of gags. They're, they're, they're driving, they're racing again. They crash in the hotel, which I skip best, but it, it's crazy. Uh, <laughs> and they're all just kind of getting pulled over randomly and we're just getting, talking their way out of yeah it, we're just gonna like we, we we learn pretty quickly that the ladies gag is that they just kind of zip their suits down yeah and the so, show off exposed cleavage and that's where their license is and it, it works every time until it doesn't <laughs> yeah they finally, they finally get a I, I saw it coming a mile away when yeah. the, the way they were showing the cop walking yeah. up. I was like, oh, it's going to be a lady cop. And of course the lady cop is showing cleavage too. I know. <laughs> I noticed that too. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, I think the, I think the, like nowadays the way you would, cause I think back then that joke works. is just like a, it's a lady cop. Oh, their, their gag's not going to work. I think the turn on that is to have it actually kind of still be effective because she's like a lesbian or something like i think there's like a funnier way you, these days you could have played that scene but the, the the gimmick in this is just oh we got a lady we can't just cleavage yeah. our way cleavage our way out i of actually this. do think that works <laughs> for that gag. Uh, yeah <laughs> but yeah so uh but it is funny because you finally but again uh, there's never any like consequences for anything in this movie <laughs> which is again like why it's such a cartoon because <clears throat> even though they got pulled over by a lady cop they're just still in the race later it's not like they get arrested like maybe they got a ticket. I don't know. Uh, there's like a funny bit where the guy at the beginning is like, as far as I know, none of these states have the death penalty for speeding. So Yeah, he said that in the beginning. <laughs> Although I don't I was... know about Ohio. And I was like, ooh, poke in the Midwest joke. Gotta love it. <laughs> Actually, that joke went over my head. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I'm embarrassed to admit that. <laughs> uh, no, it's just more like, oh, but oh, who knows what they do in Ohio? I oh. think it was just a joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, lots of gags. There's like, Voight keeps trying to stop him to very limited success gets trapped in a phone booth at one point uh <laughs> Ooh, you know what that made me feel very claustrophobic <laughs> sure <laughs> yeah yeah when the car backs up and the lady and then just... you can't get out yeah that'd actually be a horror movie for me <laughs> <laughs> it's like colin farrell's phone booth <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> but you're just in there with a car in front of you <laughs> <laughs> yeah that uh, was kind of terrifying but yeah again not really there's just cops trying to do roadblocks occasionally just as obstacles for our characters. At one point, the Sammy Davis and Dean Martin get Burt Reynolds and Dom DeLuise to pull over 
because they pretend to be priests for some reason. And then they pop the tire. Yeah, they pop their tire. They get them back later with a, a scene that's like, has not aged very well. No, where, where it's like. They basically <laughs> insinuated there were like pimps or. Yeah, it's or just something. in terms of like uh, the way the today's social climate, especially with like police officers and stuff, and them being like, Burt Reynolds being like, and they're crazy sex fiends and they're definitely armed. And the cops just like, Yes, I love an excuse to use my gun. I was just like, <laughs> did, did you notice when the lead up with a cop before he goes after the priest? It said like God guns and well, he's like it was. Burt Reynolds says something about like I don't know how how you guys do it in this town. He's like, you kidding me? He like gestures to a sign. Yeah, and it's like reelect. Blah blah blah. The commie, the commie killer. Yeah, Clawson something like that. I, like, <laughs> <laughs> I thought the same thing. It's, it's weird because like, like Bert clearly <laughs> is like not down with it, but he's playing along. It's mm -hmm. the whole tone of it's very strange. Where the, like we get a scene where essentially the guy's like <laughs> excited to shoot some people, and I'm just like, this is fucked. Nothing comes of it, but it, it did, just, that did not age it, well. It did not age no. well. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, we get a. We do get a fun bit where they to get past the roadblock because their vehicle's so conspicuous. They hide on the bed of a truck underneath the cloth. Yeah, I was like, sure, that would really happen. <laughs> yeah, and again, for some reason, they're willing to help them. Uh, it's just it's kind of glossed over. It you just have to kind of form your own opinion. Yeah, there's a lot left out. <laughs> it it, it kind of serves as just an excuse to give uh, Farrah Fawcett and Burt Reynolds like an intimate moment where. They get to just have a quiet moment in the back of the... It actually <laughs> was a nice scene, though. Well, yeah, because you get a little... They finally give Burt Reynolds just a little something of a character. Yeah, where he, it was a little more subdued. Yeah, and, and they both, like... It's interesting, because tonally, it doesn't quite fit with the movie, because it's actually a little more serious yeah. and dramatic and intimate, and they're both being real for a second. Uh, but it's just like it makes you like the characters a little bit more, and it gives them more depth, so... Uh, it, I, I it, thought it was a good match. Oh, it, it's, yeah. it's no... I mean, they have great chemistry together. And I do appreciate, like, I was like, damn, is this movie, like, going to go to, like, they're going to, like, fully hook up right now? And they don't, which I appreciate it. Yeah. It, 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 like, keeps it all pretty above board. Mm -hmm. um, and, of course, from then on, now she's, like, really on board with, with the whole race. Because this whole time, this is, but this is also the scene where she's like, I don't know. I thought you guys were going to have your way with me or whatever. And it's just like, okay, that's horrible. Uh, but, yeah. So but, that, to be honest, that isn't exactly <laughs> too different from what a girl might be thinking well, yeah i mean it's it's also like very almost casually shown like at the end during that fight scene the mm -hmm. two cat suit ladies are just kind of getting carried off by bikers and i was like i don't like this uh yeah. thankfully it gets stopped pretty much immediately but i was just like Ooh, i don't that yeah, man again it's just the tone of the movie is a little like everything's just played like not seriously but there's mm -hmm. like such so, things that have like such harsh implications that i'm just yeah like, <laughs> that we're better have not aged too well <laughs> yeah. yep it was also worth noting because we did skip past all of it at the beginning but uh uh bert and dom de Luis seem to run some sort of like delivery business where they fly planes and drive boats and do all sorts of crazy shit which are just excuses for them to have a boat driving set piece and a plane landing set piece and it is really well done and it's fun it's fun to see Bert like behind the wheel of a boat, just be like, "What? I don't care. We're driving a boat. This is fun." Uh, <laughs> but yeah, we get uh, we check we check in with everybody throughout the thing. I don't know if there's any particular gags that during the race that you're like, "Ooh, this is a pretty funny one," or there's any that like super stand out in your mind. I, I do enjoy Jackie Chan's uh, character and his partner. Just their their goofy car is a lot of fun. And they end up taking a wrong turn at one point, and then the behind the green door 
bit where he just is fully watching a porno just like while he's driving <laughs> the funny thing is the technology of it was kind of crude in the movie but some of it isn't too far off yeah, yeah that's what's kind of cool but they they are they do have tvs and cars now yeah exactly they, they they definitely like were some of the some of the technology was kind of like oh this actually it was a thing later. You were kind of ahead of the curve on that. <laughs> uh, but they're, they're fun. I do appreciate that the movie just lets them speak like a different language in the English and doesn't really worry about it. Because you're never like confused about what's going on. Um, and, and it wasn't like even subtitled or anything. But yeah, I, I like Roger Moore's gags. Uh, Dean Martin and Sammy Davis, I can kind of take them or leave them in this movie. <laughs> like all the like, the, there's like a couple sets of redneck characters that are fine. Their their gimmick just seems to be like the one guy that's hanging out with Terry Bradshaw. He's got kind of a fun character game where he like stutters a lot. I think <laughs> though, the actor really does stutter. Uh, I could be wrong on that though. It it works for the character mm -hmm. regardless. Like it makes him more memorable. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have really remembered him, but I was like, oh yeah, he's the. Stuttering I only recognize Terry Bradshaw because I'm like, that's Terry Bradshaw, uh, who I believe was in Hooper as well. Uh, he's like a character that, that Burt Reynolds gets into a fight with. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Dom DeLuise and Farrah Fawcett get a fun scene where they're mm -hmm. sitting in the front and he kind of, he tells his whole bit with the, I was getting beat up when I was a kid. And then Captain Chaos came and saved me. Again, there's like mild mental implications to his split personality of captain cast. That's kind of like if you wanted to delve deeper into it, it'd be kind of weird, but it, suffice to say, he's got this alter ego that he puts on. I suspect it's a <laughs> dissociative identity disorder, yeah. but not done real. <laughs> I uh, mean, it is meant to be a fun movie. <laughs> there's a, there's a good moment where he's like, but I have friends now like JJ and, JJ and JJ. <laughs> and you're just like, Oh, and then you can tell Farrah Fawcett like feels for him. And they get a cute scene where she's like, oh, I want to be your friend. And he's like, oh, I'd really like that. And you're just like, oh, that's nice. They're getting along. They should all have a big group hug. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's like a couple gags throughout, like with the doctor. There's a really weird one where he like follows her into the bathroom. That was uh, a little strange. I didn't know what, nothing really comes of that. I don't know what mm -hmm. that was all about. <laughs> that was, I, that I don't think would fly. Uh, I don't think that would have flown today. But it kind of just all culminates to, they all hit this roadblock at about the same time. At this point, yep. they've all been all over the place, but it's it's a good like beat of the story because it's like now they're all even, like mm -hmm. they're all just in the same spot. And once this robot gets cleared, it's they're it's uh, gonna be all all man for on deck, all man for himself. Yeah, and any man any himself. man's game too. Yep. Uh, dog eat dog world. But the uh, motorcycle people pull up and they get followed in by like this biker gang led mm -hmm. by uh, the man himself, Peter Fonda. Uh, <laughs> from uh, Easy Rider, I've, I've done an episode on that. I have seen Easy Rider. Uh, for some reason, Peter Fonda takes extreme exception to this uh, guy on the motorcycle and starts really picking on him. And, and we get this like weirdly feel-good scene where all the cannonballers who have kind of been in each other's throats, especially Dean Martin and Sammy Davis and Burt Reynolds and Dom DeLuise, like, they literally were just trading insults. Yeah, and they come together. But they're like, no, and fight that, with each yeah, with each other. Like that's one of our guys, though, and we can't stand for this. So they all just come to the rescue and start. And they they all just get into this big old brawl, and it's really well done. It's like it really is. It was fun. Yeah, it was like Jackie Chan got to do his stunt work. Yeah, he's uh, Jackie Chan's so obviously just 
completely outclassing everybody, but you know, Bert Bert knows how to throw a punch and make it look good. Yeah. Dom DeLuise gets to do his Captain Chaos bit. <laughs> like everyone's just having fun. Like there's a Bert's like punching a guy and the guy's like, why don't you try the left side? And he's Takes like, Takes a wrench. <laughs> just bam. Like, bam. <laughs> like, a lot of good little little stunts in there. Dean Martin gets to like punch somebody. Uh I thought Sammy Davis was gonna go do something shady. But he just goes and gets on the phone. Because <laughs> uh, throughout the movie, he's been like placing bets and stuff. Um, but yeah, the Jackie Chan especially. Jackie Chan gets to fight Peter Fonda, which is mm-hmm. pretty cool. And when, like, just as like a piece of history in cinema, Jackie Chan like jump kicking Peter Fonda is like actually pretty cool. <laughs> I wonder if it was his first English film. I, I don't know for sure. I'd I, have to I, look that up. Yeah, it definitely was. If it wasn't one of his first, it was definitely one of his earliest. Earliest, though. yeah. Uh, and it's just it's just pretty interesting to see him share the screen with so many famous people at the time. It's like, would have been a great way to get introduced to the world, for sure. Even if the movie itself wasn't super serious or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, but Although it is a little confusing to get introduced as like maybe a Japanese guy, <laughs> but, but it's it's a really fun chaotic scene and and it, it it's nice because they finally remove the roadblock and uh, everyone's like shit to the cars and they all take off except for Jackie Chan who like stays behind and keeps fighting and we get a yeah we get yeah some more, he sticks behind yeah we get and some, then, <laughs> then he does the the jump and rips his pants <laughs> yeah because that's another thing that I always loved about Jackie Chan's like style was just. He adds comedy to all of his stuff. He's really good at what he does. Yeah, the, I mean, he is a legend and he seems really nice. Yeah. There's like, like his physicality in terms of like on screen presence is pretty unmatched. And his, his comedic timing as a physical actor is amazing. He makes it look easy. Yeah. He somehow, he does. almost every movie he's in somehow has some of the coolest fight scenes you've ever seen, but also some legitimately funny. Like, I'm not much of a slapstick guy. But when Jackie Chan's doing it, it's a little different. Like it kind of works. Part of it's just because it's usually also coupled with something kind of amazing. I do have a <laughs> quick tidbit to add to that. Sure. You know he does his own stunts, mm-hmm. and so they weren't covered. I think by insurance, they couldn't get coverage. So he started that for them. Oh really? Yeah. Wow. I could be wrong, but that's what I remember reading. Yeah. He he definitely. Uh, if you look up interviews with him, he's got like a million injuries and a half from doing his own stunts. He'll for- show it in, in the, uh, the you know how the blooper reel? He'll yeah. show where he's like in a cast or something. Yeah, so. Hong Kong movies especially. It's sort of kind of like how in American movies you have a blooper reel. Yeah. The Hong Kong movies show like the behind the scenes of the stunts. Um, and the police story behind the scenes are crazy. Some of the stunts he does in that movie are fucking insane. He He like jumps on top of a pole and slides down multiple stories with like electrical like sparks going the whole time it's it's nuts um but yeah final leg of the race they're racing uh the ambulance is going slow they're like we need captain chaos he finally comes out they take the lead but the dudes in the truck that jump jumped the train at one point and crashed in the hotel i believe they crash and block that last little bit of road off uh-huh. so everyone just goes race on foot yeah, and then uh, they start running. They start running. Captain Chaos takes he, the lead. He takes the lead, and then uh, the Adrian Barbeau's character is in second. And then Burt Reynolds think, just sort yeah. of like like jumps and causes it, a massive yeah, pile he, up. He so jumps it's just, on and stops everybody else from from actually racing. So and, it's just those two. Yeah. And it seems like Dom DeLuise is going to win. You think so? But unfortunately, dog starts drowning, and Captain Chaos. Of course, she just says "my baby," so you don't know it's a dog at first. <laughs> and so he dives in after it. Adrian Barbeau. 
clocks her card. She wins. Uh, Dom DeLuise comes, Captain Chaos comes back with the dog. Uh, he's like, I rescued her, her dog. And I don't care. Yeah. There was this weird moment where I thought for sure what they were trying to set up was I thought Burt Reynolds was going to be like, no more Captain Chaos. Like I thought the turn was going to be, he was going to like soften and be like, you're, you're, you're Victor. You're my friend. You're the only, you don't need this alter ego anymore. But instead he just is kind of bad at him. And then Dom DeLuise goes, that's fine. Cause I wanted to be Captain, Captain USA. USA. And then they it's all, they like all laugh. And then the, start, movie, yeah, just, and the movie, like just ends. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. The, the ending is a little weird. Um, it's different. Yeah. It, it seems real serious. And then it kind of switches with the music. The yeah. I mean, they hug. It's kind of like JJ obviously is like, oh, this is my buddy. I guess we'll just. Yes, this is just how things are. We get a big zoom out shot, and they play. This, they play like the song with like these kids singing. It's a bizarre music choice. Uh, but yeah, I just it's, there's just like little moments here and there in the film that they even in a slapstick silly movie like this, they had a chance to just kind of have a good little character moment, and they just kind of chose not to. Like I thought for sure, like I said, the biggest one was this ending where I thought for sure Burt Reynolds was going to be like, "You're Victor. You're my friend. You don't need this alter ego anymore." Just be yourself. It's okay. We like you how you are. And I thought Vera Fawcett was going to step up and be like, and you're my friend too. I kind of like how they ended it though. Where it becomes Captain USA. It would just added to if, the if most. It's, if it's the tone of the The ridiculousness movie. of yeah. the movie. Yeah. And, and, and again, they hug and it's all good. So it's not It's not like Bert. Because I thought Bert was like kind of, I was like, oh, was he just like legitimately mad? I, I was like, I'm kind of confused about what was going on. But yeah, everybody's there. It is fun to see the whole crowd. Roger Moore gets a bit with Boyd where he, tries to launch him out of the car and it doesn't quite work um at, at some point <laughs> with Mr. roger Moore like lost his lady friend and gets like a new lady friend he gets different <laughs> ones because in the beginning in the credits in the beginning it says uh whatever his character is sebastian's Sebastian. girls yeah, <laughs> yeah. like uh, six of them i think she's like, i can't believe i met one of my favorite actors george hamilton he's like george <laughs> hamilton <laughs> so how dare you uh but, <laughs> but yeah that's the end of the movie uh was there anything that uh we skipped over too big that you were like, no, I love this gag or you forgot this part or no, this was a fun conversation. <laughs> yeah. It was really fun getting to sit here and talk about films. I need to do this more often. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's why I do the show. I, yeah. I, I, I have way more fun doing the show than I have. Like the editing in the post is where I'm just like, uh, I like to you drag it. your ass on that part. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I always wait till the last minute and it, it's, <laughs> it's always bad. Um, but the doing the show and just getting to, well, and also getting to watch movies that I wouldn't, it's like when would i sit down and watch cannonball run i don't think ever but someone's like let's do cannonball run i'm like okay let's sit down and watch cannonball run and now i've seen cannonball run and i feel i feel more clued into that era now too like seeing all these stars all in one movie in their element like it's just cool like and like i said you can feel the fun on the screen mm -hmm. like i don't think it was a particularly great movie it was just fun it, <laughs> yeah. it had a charm that works if you're open to nostalgia mm -hmm. But there are things about it that didn't age well, which we've already covered. <laughs> but yeah, there was a few things that wouldn't fly today, but there was a good charm to it. Yeah, it's just, it's a product of its time. It yep. is what it is. I, I don't tend to hold that too much. I'm always kind of surprised, too, is like there's nobody in this movie that's doing anything despicable that isn't kind of still the other characters aren't like that guy's kind of fucked up for doing like that cop who's all into like wanting to shoot people. and kill the commies like he's portrayed as like kind of a psycho like the, the and so it's like that's 
you know, for a movie from over 40 years ago, it's still kind of hip a little bit. Uh, yeah. so yeah, like, you know, I, I, I find that's the case for the most part. It's like when you watch a movie, there's never a, a movie where our main protagonist is like a racist and we're like, that's okay. Like when there's like a racist character in a seventies movie, they're a bad person and they're, be sh- they're being shown that way because you're supposed to hate them. So it's, it's kind of this weird push and pull. Uh, but yeah, I mean. Like I said, you know, every time it comes to Jackie Chan, it doing like the yeah, I was kind of one. That was that to me. That didn't age too well. It was like that with Revenge of the Nerds when they're in the Greek race and the little tricycle scene. Like it's funny watching him ride the tricycle. The music just sort of takes away from that charm. Yeah, it's like whenever you uh, like, I was actually named after a character in Sixteen Candles, Jake Ryan. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I just got it. <laughs> but uh, there's obviously a reoccurring gag in that movie with Long Duck Dong. Yeah, uh, that was. And so like yeah. all of that stuff is super weird now. It's just like. It wouldn't fly. The, the, the gong crash every time we cut to it. Yeah, like, <laughs> it really. It, it is a lot. It didn't really stage too well. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I do like that movie, though. I still love Sixteen Candles. Um, Molly Ringwald. I mean, she's iconic. Breakfast Club, Sixteen Candles, Pretty in Pink. Pink, yeah. Uh, She's also in what is it called? Riverdale. It's a reimagining yeah, yeah. of the Archie comics. Mm-hmm. Fun, a fun obscure one is uh, she's in the uh, original uh, made-for-TV series, The Stand. They based off of the Stephen King. With book. the original, I heard was good. The original's fine. Um, I, I've heard the remake is interesting. The Stand is probably one of my favorite books. I've heard uh, that. I've not read it. And I'm a huge um, Stephen King But yeah, King Molly Ringwald's actually a major character in that. Wow. Uh, I mean, she's great. I love Molly Ringwald. I, I love all these actors. Just seeing them. I was kind of waxing poetic uh, covering Sunset Boulevard, where, because I mean, that's a movie that came out in 1950. Most of the people in it are long gone at this point. But it is really cool to like, I think the one thing that's really cool about being an actor is having different periods of your life like immortalized on film mm. and just have just being able to see that preserved no matter what is pretty cool I think. Um it's interesting nowadays that we're growing up in an era where even young people are making videos of themselves even from a young age so they'll actually always have these things to go back to which mm-hmm. is just cool. I mean I, I'm I'm the kind of person who loves looking at like old photos and just seeing snapshots of the it times. kind of is really cool. I actually yeah. like to go to museums. Oh yeah, I mean yeah, those are fun. Matter of fact, <laughs> there's one here in Fort Wayne. The uh, what the chemistry um, uh, science central. That's it. I yeah. want to take my daughter there. Oh yeah, people yeah. people fucking love science central. It's it's a cool ass place. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and we have a great museum uh, over here downtown too. Uh, it, it it's a good one. It's right next to the the. Uh, can't think of it the civic theater uh where i see you know this reminds me back when i was in college i was in a humanities class and this the assignment just sounded so weird uh we had to go to like a museum and write about it and it just seemed like it took away from the etherealness going (laughs) on because i was having to focus and take notes yeah it's really something you just want to experience right that's interesting but speaking of experience we experienced this movie um, you don't have to give it a rating, but you can. Um, uh, and but I will do mine eventually. I'm gonna have to go with three and a half. It still had its charm, but just a good out bit of five. It, yeah, out of five. We're gonna say out of five. Three and a half out of five. It just didn't age well. Sure. Yeah. Um, I am going to 
So if people have never heard the show before, I have a skewed rating system because theoretically I'm watching some of the greatest movies of all time for the show. Uh, so I, I have a bit of a grading curve on the show. For example, I gave The Godfather an 8.5 out of 10. Uh, that is a 10 out of 10 movie for me, but on this show, it's an 8.5 if that gives you sort of a rough scale. So, Because we're looking at it through a little bit different eye. Well, it's more like I wanted, because like for the show, I'm watching like literally some of the greatest movies of all time. I don't want to just be like, it's a 10. This is a 10. This is a 10. Like just giving 10s out left. I've actually never given a movie a 10 on the show. You know uh, what? There was an older movie that I thought would be really good, or it, it wasn't to me, but I do have insomnia, so it's not uncommon for me to kind of drift in and out. <laughs> but it was <laughs> Breakfast at Tiffany's. Have you seen that? Oh no, I've actually never seen an Audrey Hepburn movie. It's a big. Uh... If I can stay, if I can force myself to stay awake, because once the lights go down, I tend to get tired and I crash. But <laughs> that's okay. If, if I can make myself stay awake, uh, then. I could maybe look at it from a different light. I don't know. It just, I remember, and I thought the same thing about A Clockwork Orange. I remember seeing mm. that and I thought, I must be missing something. Sure. Because everybody is raving about this movie and I'm, it's totally going over my head. I've never seen all of it. That one I'm kind of iffy on because that's a weird movie in the sense that it's just people doing very despicable things, but it's supposed to be like a commentary on society. But I'm like, at the end of the day, you're just watching people do despicable things and it's not that fun uh i've never watched all the way through i'm actually pretty woefully uh behind on my kubrick i've only seen like the shining the shining yeah and uh i love the way Eyes he White did Shut. that though i do i do like those movies so i mean i don't know i've but i haven't seen like 2001 or, i've never seen that uh dr strangelove I've never seen that lolita mm -hmm. um a lot of his films i haven't seen so and, and clockwork orange is a big one but someday I'll get around to it, I'm sure, and probably probably cover it for the show. Uh, <laughs> but for this, um, I just wanted to preface all of that by saying that when I give this movie the score I'm giving it, it's not that I hated it. It's just that it's just where it falls on the show. I'm going to give it a five out of ten um, <laughs> for, for the show. That's actually not a terrible score. Um, it, that means like on a regular scale, it's maybe like a three and a half out of five or like a six out of ten. But I think you and I both have the same idea. It was. It was kind of in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. Very enjoyable. I really liked the feeling I got while watching it of everyone's having a lot of fun, but nothing comes to, as a movie, it's like nothing I would seek out in a film yeah. other than it being a fun time capsule. Yeah. So it's like, there's nothing to grab onto character wise. There's not really any substance, just caricatures. Yeah. It's very style over substance. Um, mm -hmm. The stunt work is cool. It's not shot particularly interestingly though. Mm -hmm. um, it's just, yeah, it's just. Oh, it was a good time. I enjoyed watching it a lot. I was actually like this movie from the first scene with the hamster thing. I was like, oh man, like yeah. I, I'm nervous. Like, but I, I got it. It does get better. Yeah, I got into it as it came along, and and I mean, you know, I'm, I I'm not. I, I get like everyone in the movie is like fun to watch and charismatic, and all the men and women are incredibly oh, attractive too. <laughs> Farrah Fawcett was in almost every scene with a white shirt and no bra. Sure, <laughs> I, I know I'm not the only one that noticed that. <laughs> I actually didn't. Uh, I, I, when she said she didn't wear underwear, I was like, wait. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that yeah. went with the character. <laughs> yeah, it's just like you know. I think there's something fun about watching charismatic people have fun on screen. Uh, if it wasn't for that factor, I'd rate it a lot lower. Like <laughs> plot wise and character wise, it doesn't have anything going mm -hmm. on. But it's still just a fun romp. Like, and if people have nostalgia for it. 
hundred percent understand that. Because why, if you watch this at a young age, like why wouldn't you be nostalgic for this? Because the vignettes are so, the gags are fun. This is the kind of movie where if you had watched it a bunch of times and you're watching it again, you're like, oh yeah, this is the scene where this happens. And, and, and the pace is so fast. Like for an 80s movie, it is shockingly fast paced and it flies by. It's only like a 90 minute movie too. Uh, it's super watchable. And there can't say enough for a movie just being plain watchable because sometimes movies are not that. And it's it's harder to do than you would think. <laughs> uh, but I, so I don't want people to think I'm being too harsh on the movie. But in terms of my ratings, judging from the things I've watched in the past, I think that's about where it falls. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like I said, it's kind of middle of the road. It didn't really age well, but it does have a charm to it. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um. So... Uh, we talked a little bit about doing recommendations. Do you have anything you'd like to recommend for there, people out there? Maybe something a little off the beaten path that you'd like for them to check out? Yes. As a although, fact, although to be fair, like I do think Cannonball Run is a little more off the beaten path than... It's out there. <laughs> like, like I think if you were looking, it's like people probably heard of Smoking the Bandit. I've never mm. actually seen those. Yeah, I've actually never seen them either. I, I'll have to cover them. So I'll at least have to cover the first one mm-hmm. eventually. So I think that's Burt Rounds and Sally Field. And obviously... They collaborated together a lot. And that's just a fun thing to see. I can't remember who plays the cop, but it's a super famous guy. Uh, I'm sure it's great. Uh, <laughs> you know what? I have the power of Letterboxd at my fingertips. <laughs> I could probably just look it up, find that out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, the recommendations. So let's see here Burt Reynolds, Sally Field, Jerry Reed, uh, Jackie Gleason. Is who I was yep, thinking Jackie of. Gleason. Yeah, and Jackie Gleason, of course. Uh, <laughs> but I have a couple of independent films that I would recommend. Sure, yeah, I'd love um, to hear them. Okay, so one is called The Final. I think it's came out around 2006 or 7, 8, but you would just have to look it up on IMDb. And it's about a group of bullied kids who end up getting their revenge. Oh. And it was, I don't, again, you know, it's just kind of interesting because if you've ever been bullied, it kind of, you know, you get to see it what, what goes through your head when you're being bullied. I'm wondering if uh, I happened across like a a YouTube video once, and I'm wondering if this is that movie. I think it is. Uh, it was it was a YouTube video that was like covering this movie because the movie's so shocking mm-hmm. that the YouTube video was pretty much getting clicks on being like, and then this crazy ass scene happens, and then. Because it's like they round up all their bullies mm-hmm. and exact their revenge. It's a cool idea for a movie, uh, yeah. in term, especially for like a low budget horror. It was movie. actually really good for low budget. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then never, I haven't yeah. ever seen it, but it it was good. I wouldn't mind owning it. It was, it was just very well done, well written. I assume you're a lot like me in terms of like because you've worked in the independent film yeah. world that you do get a certain bias for films that are. Of a certain budget and like indie and different. And if it's the kind of movie that you feel like you could have been in or directed or been a part of, you just kind of are like, yeah, that was pretty cool though. I actually like how they did that. And you're, you're more forgiving of that kind of stuff too. uh, Cause you're not expecting like millions of dollars of budget and stuff. And so you do. When they do something (laughs) so good with, with a lower budget, you have to respect that oh, more. Oh, big time. And they don't lose their control, usually. They're not being micromanaged by a yeah, studio. Yeah, so exactly. It's, it's nice exactly. to see them doing that. It really is. Yeah, 100%. Yep. Did you? Uh, was there something else you were going to mention, too? Or? There is another one. It's a zombie movie. It's called Dance of the Dead. Oh, I actually own that movie. <laughs> you do? Yeah. That is such a good I movie. I got it in uh, 
when Hollywood Video was shutting down, yeah. I that was one of the DVD covers that grabbed me because I love zombie movies. So I've seen <laughs> Dance of the Dead multiple times. It's just a really good movie. The stunts <laughs> that were, I saw the behind the scenes because, you know, when it's good, you want to yeah. know more. <laughs> so, um, it's a really charming movie. Yeah. It's it's mostly about high schoolers. Da- and yeah, how they it's their stereotypes, but it's believable. Yeah, yeah and, and the I dance of the believable. dead is like mm-hmm. it's prom night and there's like a zombie outbreak. Yeah. Uh it's it's a fun idea for a movie and the characters are really charming. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I did. I liked I liked how they did everything in the acting. The zombie movies yeah. are just fun. It's just a fun it, it's like it's like just a great excuse to throw a bunch of characters together that maybe wouldn't normally interact with each other but they're the ones that are still alive and they're forced to band together to try to fight off the horde and it's like oh the jock characters interacting with the bully it's like watching the breakfast club but if they had to fight zombies <laughs> <laughs> i mean i think there's literally like breakfast club ripoff scenes in that movie uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> it they, all comes full circle <laughs> there's um another movie it's called midnight movie mm-hmm. and that is about these people at a movie theater they they're watching a horror movie and then they get sucked into the screen and it was just really cool really yeah. well acted well um well written yeah i the cinematography I, I again i am not as harsh as other people but that's m- mainly because that's not my forte <laughs> so it was just um it was just really cool watching the effects and everything Special effects and horror, man. That's some cool stuff. I've seen some stuff. When I was uh, shooting for Tin Roof recently, <laughs> like I said, that Joe Castro, he is amazing. That's so cool. I mean, just his effects, and he's wow. he's just got a lot of talent. I'm just bugging him because it was cool seeing some special yeah, effects. Yeah. I don't know if I have like the the mental focus to learn it myself. I know you can find everything on YouTube. Sure, but <laughs> sure. There's a real art to it, though, and you have to. You have it to... is. It's it's a skill in itself. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, I mean, there, and there's a lot that goes into it, like both with the research and being literally an artist able to put on the makeup and do all these little things and knowing how all these little pieces of equipment work. And, and it's, it's, it's a beast, you know, like that's why I love people like Tom Savini and mm-hmm. all those guys. Like, I mean, it's, I love seeing behind the scenes of like Alien when they were making all those robot monsters and, it is and, cool it, it, it is it, very cool it's, it's, again it's part of the charm like uh, the thing behind the scenes stuff is like some of my favorite jurassic uh, park jurassic park yeah, yeah that was really way ahead of its time oh yeah it's yeah jurassic park's like one of the movies that holds up they're yeah. the original ogs they really yeah. kind of put it on the map yeah, it's yeah <laughs> um real quick for my recommendations um just because it's on my brain because i recently covered adam sandler movies mm-hmm. uh I'm going to mention The Longest Yard, mm-hmm. which is a remake of... I haven't seen Burt Reynolds' original Longest right. Yard. I've only seen the remake, but I actually do like the remake, and I feel pretty comfortable recommending it on this episode, because it's a little silly. It's a little slapstick. Burt Reynolds is in it. I mean, I think if you like this kind of stuff... I think Adam Sandler, like, pre, uh, like Adam Sandler should be in your wheelhouse in general anyway. You know, like I'd love to recommend stuff like Happy Gilmore. I, Happy Gilmore is probably my favorite Adam Sandler movie. I think that one holds up more than most of them. I haven't actually seen a lot of his movies, but I did like Fifty First Dates and The Wedding Singer. Yeah, Wedding Singer. I mean, yeah. I haven't seen it from beginning to end. The Wedding Singer is great. It's one of his more dramatic movies, mm-hmm. and I love when Adam Sandler's in a dramatic movie. Mm-hmm. I've heard he's good. He is good. Like if you watch like Punch Drunk Love or Uncut Gems mm-hmm. or even maybe like Funny People. Like he's he's really when you put him in the role and work with him, 
he's really fucking good. Actually, I I, I, I already did a whole episode talking about how underrated he is. Uh, so I'm not gonna <laughs> I'm not gonna waste people's time here. But I'm just gonna say the long story. Adam Sandler, Burt Reynolds crossover. Uh, just it seems like kind of a easy recommendation to do. Mm-hmm. Um, because I I think it's a little underrated. Uh, it, it again. There's some stuff, speaking of not aged well, I think there's some stuff that probably hasn't aged super well, but, I mean, Burt Reynolds is in it, and he's, like, kind of sort of reprising it. He's, like, an old man who comes out to help with the football team, but, I mean, I, any any movie Burt Reynolds is in is probably worth at least looking at, because he's just so effortlessly charming and interesting. I loved him in Boogie Nights. Yeah, Boogie Nights. Is, As the porn director, he yeah. was, he was, you know, he didn't even want that role. Yeah, I know. And yeah, he, I know, he's he also, didn't want that role. He's, like, kind of subsequently... Him and uh, Mark Wahlberg have both like kind of denounced that movie a little bit. Mark Wahlberg more so, but it's like, it's like why? The, why did he? Mark Wahlberg's it? just. I think he's taken this like sort sort of more like I'm a more clean man, Christian family man, ca- family man. Yeah. Exactly. He's like I, the movie where I was showing my dick is. is <laughs> like, oh, that, that's not that's not. Oh me. yeah, baby, you're the star. <laughs> <laughs> that's not me anymore. I don't I don't pull my dick out anymore. I you know I'm in movies where I play like. Uh, like a conservative dad. I mean, like in the army or whatever. Uh, but, Is that really how he sounds? <laughs> Mark Wahlberg? Yeah, he's yeah. got like that crazy Boston accent. He's like, oh, say hi to your mother for me. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's the best movie he's ever done. And Paul, Paul Thomas Anderson got like a great performance out of him. So just need to suck it up and be like, yeah, that's a good movie. Because <laughs> it is a good movie. Um, but last but not least, plugs. Like, where can people find you? Okay. What do you want to check them to check out? Like, uh, I mean, feel free to share as little or as much as you want like i know you're in so many things so uh people people should check your stuff out it's okay so that's something i'm still working on i'm trying to get better um but i do have a facebook account under paisley blackburn and i have an acting page and a model page um i have some shoot ideas that i'm working on um one of them was a 1920s ghostly vintage shoot I have a 1920s like flapper a, dress that's gray. For like a photo shoot? Yeah. Oh, cool. It's gray, and it's and I was going to um, have my hair done in finger, uh, not finger, um, finger waves. Ooh. Because you know how the style was back then. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Something I'd like to do to update. <laughs> it's been a while. And then uh, I'm on Instagram. I think it's just Paisley Blackburn. <laughs> um, Twitter, I really don't use. LinkedIn, who cares? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> that don't matter for what we're doing, does it? I have no okay, idea. So I'm definitely not on that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then let's see. I think that might be it. They're just Facebook. And then if you want to see some funny videos I've done that I've written and shot, you can go to YouTube and this is awful. <laughs> just type in Paisley Blackburn because there's a couple that are really funny. Yeah, like you this. guys you guys will see your name in the title. It mm-hmm. sounds like they can pretty much find you. The problem is when you have a name like mine. You have to start getting like specific because Jake Baker is not super searchable. Yeah. That's why I've been going by Jake Ryan Baker. I feel like it's mildly pretentious, but it's also makes it way easier to find me. <laughs> it's but, both, actually. That's a very good point. Yeah. Like, because like Jake Ryan Baker, I'll actually start popping up, whereas Jake Baker is just like, some guy that did some criminal thing in Canada like 10 years ago. It's like, <laughs> it's just too common of a name. But Paisley Blackburn, I definitely. That, that's a little more unique for sure <laughs> so people can find you there. i hope they do check out some of the like the first date the stoner chick one that is really funny <laughs> i know i'm a little biased but of course but i love I mean, comedy man it's i love it <laughs> you have to i mean you can only do what you think is funny to you though mm-hmm. so uh, as i always think about like kevin smith i wouldn't quite call him like a hero of mine 
but he's he's definitely an inspiration. And I always think about, you know, when he made Clerks, he literally just was like, I wanted to make the kind of movie I'd want to watch. And I I have that rattling around my head all that the time. That is a cult classic and I've never seen it. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's I don't even know how it holds up these days. Yeah. Uh, but it's just, again, it's why I don't quite call him a hero because not every movie he's never made is like a banger. But just as a creative, I really respect his mind. And he's like, I mean, he's one of the people who he started a podcast and I went and saw him live and he's was always banging the drum of, he's like, anyone can start a podcast, do it. I did it. It's not that hard. If you got something to say, just say it, put a microphone on and do it. Do you find <laughs> it to be successful to some extent? Like how, how this journey for you, what has that been like? Um, It's tough because does my pot, not, not to, not to ruin it for you, but does my podcast get a lot of listens? No, I, I, it depends on the guest. Like sometimes people have more of a, like a fan base and they'll tune in. Um, I should, the thing is like, I just like doing the show. I don't do it to, it's not even some sort of trick to like get my name out there more. It's just, I just like talking about movies with my friends. Uh, and it gives me an excuse to like meet with people. Like what, what other it reason, is fun. what other this reason would we have gotten together? Actors. This yeah. is amazing. This has been, this has been the best Friday night for me <laughs> in a long time. But it's also interestingly enough has, created opportunities for me in terms of just it's because it's an excuse to get together with people mm -hmm. i have formed friendships that i would not otherwise have formed if i hadn't had this it's as a great an way to make some friends meet the, some people the movie that i was on set for in march and the the director I was banging into oh, something. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I thought there was like a sonic boom. <laughs> yeah, the plane just buzzed right by the library. And uh, that was me slamming into the soundboard. Uh, but uh, the, I had the director on the show as a guest just on a whim. And he was, he, we got, we must, he must've liked me. Okay. Cause when he was gearing up for a movie, he was like, do you want to come be the assistant director? I was like, fuck yeah, I do. <laughs> right. Uh, and we're, we're probably going to be working together in September. And we would never have probably talked if I hadn't invited him on the show. Um, and so th that aspect of it, I really, I just love talking about movies with people. Um, it's it, in terms of like, I should be like, probably, I just hate the marketing stuff. You know, I find it so, uh, I find it so false where most of the people I know that really get out there and like market themselves and push themselves. Mm -hmm. It's very, it's just very false. It's them just, acting like they're bigger than they are and see that's something i <laughs> wrestle with that's why i i probably would get more listeners if i put myself out there more i've really held myself back to be honest it's it's yeah, more of a it's tough I, it would be very overwhelming i, I and, always had this hope that if you just make good stuff and just as long as people enjoy the work yeah people will find you yeah but that's not necessarily the case especially in a world you now. do have to market i mean yeah, it's, it's there's a, just it's too a, much stuff out there yeah it's and there's you a lot have of, to there's a lot of good stuff out there and so the, being like a filmmaker and an actor in this era is both cool and there's again pros and cons like everything where anyone can pick up a phone and make a movie and that's really cool but anyone can pick up a phone and make a movie and now there's all these movies out there. It gets oversaturated. It's oversaturated. Mm. And so, yeah, it would be kind of cool to have been a filmmaker in the 70s where it's like there wasn't as many movies coming out and people would probably be more likely to see your movie mm -hmm. if you made one. But it's also really cool that anyone. So, you know, I have a lot of friends that I, we talk a lot about. Oh, what if we never make it? What if blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you I just can't certain, really dwell on that. We no. all do it, but. You yeah. really shouldn't. Do I've that. just embraced the idea of doing it for the love of the game. 
I do the show because I like doing the show and I like watching movies I would have never watched and talking about them. I make movies because I like making movies, not because I'm trying to become some super famous Quentin Tarantino-esque personality. Like the, literally the only thing, the only thing I care about in terms of filmmaking is just that filmmaking costs a lot of money and it would be nice to be in a position where I was able to get money to make movies and I'm not in that position really which sucks, but I also have like a million ideas that I can make for almost no money. So you know I do love it, but I would like to make a living from it too. Of course. Like, I mean, <laughs> uh, it's like you would rather be able to focus on it full time. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause also you're going to get better by being able to spend all your time and energy on it mm-hmm. as opposed to having to have all these side gigs just to stay afloat. Um, yeah. The side gigs. Oh God. <laughs> obviously we barely scratched the surface, but hopefully people are intrigued and they'll go check out all your, social media platforms and fun skits on YouTube and check out the, yeah, the, I, I, I love entertaining. I hope y'all do check it out. So it's good for a laugh. Yeah, please do guys. <laughs> uh, uh, if I, 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 I do normally assume when I have guests on that over half my listens are coming from your fans and not my fans. So people probably already are hip to your stuff, but maybe, maybe <laughs> even fans of yours didn't know that you had a, like a YouTube channel. So hopefully they'll go check out. Well, it's that. not exactly professional the way it's set up. <laughs> well, I've been sure. working on that. <laughs> but yeah, thank you so much for joining me on the show. This was great. I, I really enjoyed the movie, enjoyed the conversation, but we should probably wrap it up, I guess, unfortunately. Yep. We, thank you so much for joining me. Check out Paisley Blackburn everywhere. And as I unfortunately always say at the end of every episode, I will catch you guys on the flip flop later. Bye, guys. <laughs>